Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 256. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me on a, uh, a beautiful Thursday afternoon here in Las Vegas. The, the sun is shining in the uh, cloudless sky over the expansive mm-hmm. grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee. So expansive. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm the, the help has done a good job keeping up with the grounds <laughs> as you've been recovering from your surgery here, man. I, I don't know how I would do it without them. I don't know how it's I would do it without It's a solid staff, them. man. They've been here to help you out and assist <laughs> you in your time of need. You've you, you got to rely on good help like that. Uh, by the way, I should say uh, – Improving from the surgery a little bit, but from the week yeah. uh, that I last saw you, your your mobility's improved a mobility's little bit. Your uh, your your faculty seem a little bit fresher. Yes, yes. It uh, sleep helps. Okay, right. That does <laughs> so, help. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I think when you actually can sleep and your body can heal. So I've been actually sleep hasn't been perfect, but it's been uh, a lot better. But yeah, I'm moving uh, a lot better. Um, still. You know, to uh, coin a McGregor phrase, I still have stiffness. <laughs> There's still stiffness in me. I see stiffness. I see stiffness, uh, and uh, but not as much aching and pains. Like it's getting better. So, uh, um, and I showed you the pic of the of the nice five and a half the, inch. The wound is healing over, up a little o- bit. Almost like six inches. It's fucking large, uh, but it is it is healing up. By the way, uh, we really need to trim that audio out for future use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My six inch gash is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling much better. Uh, I still feel at times I'm kind of still sort of hunched over or whatever, but, uh, the mobility is, uh, is much better. That day of going to, uh, the radio station, uh, this past Monday, uh, luckily enough for us, that happened to be the day there was a huge volleyball convention. So we had to park at the end of the parking garage. So that was like the longest I had walked and, and, uh, going over there. And then coming back, I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. Later on that day, holy hell, I was sore as as all get out. I was like, by the time it it was time to make dinner, I was like, I just wanted to, like, lay down and just curl in a ball and just be done with it. But it's getting better. Um, Every day is getting better. And uh, I was telling telling you earlier, some of the issues that I was having when it was having – before I had the surgery was even just feeling in my legs and – I had a moment earlier today where I was just like, I was thinking about, I can take a shower now and I could feel uh, like warm water on my legs yeah, again. That's crazy. I had no and idea. Your legs were, you were walking around life with your legs literally numb. Yeah, like numb. My feet were real bad. Like, so I would take a shower and oh, you I You would tell I me that tell. sometimes. I just thought you meant I like your legs. And it wasn't like I was harping on no, it. No, but you whatever. would tell me sometimes. I just thought you meant like your legs would fall asleep while you were sitting down. And I'm like, yeah. bro, like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, we probably yeah. should, could all improve our circulation a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you should I didn't probably realize, get up and move. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we sit down all day at our desk. That's what I, when you would tell me that, I thought that's what you meant. And I was like, bro, toughen up a little bit, man. Like, You're get right. up and walk around the, walk up, around fatty, the room a little move. bit. I didn't realize you meant you literally had no feeling in yeah. your legs. Like I could just take a a switch and just slap you with it, and there'd be no feeling. And there. that and that was the that was the part that I knew <laughs> something was really because I would try to explain that to the doctor. I was like, I'm literally can slap my legs and I'm not feeling it like I should. And they're like, Oh, you know, it could be this, this, this. I was like, I literally can't feel like warm water when it was like in the shower. It was like so Crazy. weird. But I have that back now. And even laying in my bed last night, I had like I always sleep with like a fan on. Right. There was a point where I was getting like cold, like my legs, and I was just like, 
and it was like a wonderful like moment to like, like a tear of joy just dude came it pretty right much back. was like when i was talking <laughs> about it laying in bed I crying i was like this is tears of joy i can feel cold in my legs <laughs> so uh yeah man it's been it's been good uh it's slow but sure you know i mean as part of me definitely wants to like kind of like all right let's get back on the road i realize that you know i have to i have to play smart because i can't i don't want to re-injure right or whatever but uh it's been uh it's been wonderful the little simple things that you take for granted like like I said, like just being able to feel your fucking legs. <laughs> uh, it's it's been really such good. A needy guy. I'm so, I know. I mean, how dare you want to feel your, like your legs and shit? Uh, but no, it's been good, man. I guess so. the the target date right now for you to kind of be back in in full or somewhat full action yeah. is the Columbus show the in Columbus late show. March, right? I mean, yeah, that's shows that's home for you. So like you'd like to be able to make it out there. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can get out there. So that's that's kind of what I've been pushing towards is to be able to get back on the road for that. I know we have the Vegas event and uh, I'll be more than happy to just stay and be the remote editor. And I'm, I'm looking forward to actually, cause I know a lot of the guys we've, we've experienced hundreds of these events here in Vegas. So it'd be kind of fun for some of the other guys that never get a shot to like, see what events like here yeah, kind in of Vegas. Cool for people that don't know, and, and which obviously most people yeah. listening won't know, but we've got a, an MMA junkie kind of team meeting. So yeah. basically all of our staff that's based in North America yeah. is going to be here um, for UFC. What is that? Two forty eight. That's coming up here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, so everybody, everybody will be here. Now they won't all stay for fight week, but they'll be here for a couple days. We're going to have some meetings and stuff at the beginning of the week. But then, as you said, I think it's it's going to be uh, Mike Bond, uh, Nolan King, Danny and Danny Segura, Segura will yeah. help me out. Yeah. Uh, at USC 248, so that'll be our crew for that week, and uh, and you'll be here, but you're just gonna work from home. That way, you don't yep. have to carry your gear. You're still right. not still not quite back to 100 percent yet. Yeah, so that way not you don't back have to, to carry uh, your stuff. And yeah, they're still kind of told me I, I really can't lift much more than a, a gallon of water, a gallon of milk, is wow. what they've kind of said. Which they're like five to eight pounds, which is like a gallon of water, which that's not a lot of weight, you know, like, and, and you're always like, oh man, it's no problem. I could do this. I can do this. But you know, sometimes like I have a little TV tray here next to me and when you put your food on it and then you put your, your, your bottle of water or whatever, and you start to lift it. And then when you start feeling that tug, I was like, uh Oh, I think I'm at that threshold, you know, and you, you don't even think about it. But then when you start feeling, I'm like, okay, slow down, slow down because I want to, you know, like the amount of gear that we carry, both of our backpacks is probably like what I think like sixty seventy pounds. Probably when yeah. it's fully loaded down. Because I've weighed it before. I've been to airports where they make me weigh it. Yeah. And it's and they try to take it from me. And I'm like, do not take this from yeah. me. Like, this is my life <laughs> this, right here. My computer, this. all my cameras, my lenses. Yeah. But yeah, we're we're carrying about sixty or seventy pounds on yeah. our back. So I kind of have to I have to watch it, and I, I don't want to rush it. And that's still what two weeks out. So yeah, that's I'd be rushing it a little bit too. But right. but the nice thing about Columbus is that's another couple weeks on top of that. So. That's a whole month from this point to kind of recover, strengthen, and feel how it's good. Because part of the stuff that they put in my back, the hardware has to sit. You know, it has to really. You got titanium rod the, and screws. Yeah, in there. and so the bone has to kind of sort of grow around it or do whatever. And I don't know how quick that shit happens. You know, I mean, it's funny. I love it. Abby's like, oh, Wolverine. He calls me Wolverine now because he says I'm recovering really well. But. I wish I had the superpower to heal up. I think the beard up. probably has something to do with it, too. <laughs> Maybe the, beard. the beard is strong, y'all. The beard <laughs> is strong. It's nice when you when you uh, you don't. I don't just don't even think about it. Where literally, when your day becomes, you wake up and you're like you're gauging your pain level. Like, okay, let me just try to set up. Let me do whatever. The last thing you think about is like 
how the fuck do I look? <laughs> you know, like, should I trim this? Should I do whatever? I'm like, I don't even care. And somewhere in that process, the beard has gotten much stronger. It is massive, man. It's fucking thick. Oh, I like it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, cold coffee is coming along well. Next couple of weeks, we hope we'll be back to full strength. But he's uh, definitely in a better place than he was last week. I say by, by the time we got done recording last week, uh, I, I could see the wear and tear on you, man, just, just from kind of sitting up and focusing. So uh, it's good to yeah. see this way. All right, let's talk some MMA. Uh, really, honestly, there's no place you can start other than Diego Sanchez right now. <laughs> I mean, you know what's funny is I wanted to kind of review the Diego Sanchez situation and where we were, um, and then I ended up publishing a story. I, I touched on this a little bit last week, um, I, I think in the in the and-a-half show uh, afterwards, but um, you know, I had been told that Joshua Fabia had had tried to teach uh, Diego Sanchez this like dim mock death touch type stuff, you know. And I and I mentioned that that I'd heard something about it, and then I was a little concerned about that. Um, and 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 I'll I'll say it again for anybody that didn't listen to it. I mean, this whole issue about Joshua Fabia being the trainer, being the manager, being the lone cornerman, I, I have no issue with the guy being in Diego Sanchez's life. I mean, we know Diego is kind of a, a, a different cat, right? And, and, and he's the kind of guy that probably wants, you know, a spiritual advisor or, you know, a, somebody like that. I mean, yeah. a unique personality like Joshua Fabia in some kind of guidance role. And I get that. I'm, I'm okay with that. But as I mentioned, I'd heard some rumblings of that, you know, kind of dim mock death touch type training or whatever. Um, and and since I recorded that and a half episode, um, uh, I had some people reach out to me who um, who were eyewitnesses to this, basically, who knew that I, I was aware of it and, and wanted to give me a little bit of further information. And I ended up publishing a story on it. Um, if by chance you, you haven't read it yet, um, it is uh, it is published at MMA Junkie. The headline is Joshua Fabia warned NAC prior to USC 239. That Diego Sanchez might kill Michael Chiesa. And if for whatever reason you haven't read it, I'll give the brief summary. Uh, basically, in the uh, hours before the fight at UFC 239 this past July, uh, you know, Diego Sanchez was getting his hands wrapped, was in the locker room. Uh, the commission got a little bit upset with him because Fabio was burning some incense. Uh, an inspector also noticed that he took a Q-tip and shoved it up Diego Sanchez's nose. I was told, actually, by the way, he shoved it way up there, uh, and it had been dipped in some some type of substance. They determined it to be a peppermint extract, which they d- d- determined was okay. Um, but, of course, the idea was to open the airways. And, uh, you know, I guess it's a holistic thing, but I heard it was kind of weird looking, like it went way up his nose, like into his sinuses. Uh, so that was their first concern, and they said, dude, you got to stop this. Like, this is not what you do. And it's a shared locker room, so, you know, these other fighters getting ready, they don't want to have this incense burning and stuff yeah. in here. You can't do this. So they, they tell him that he can't do it. And he says, all right, all right. And he says, well, listen, while you guys are here, i got some other stuff to talk to you about. Listen, I have trained Diego Sanchez in this move that is so dangerous. It's, it's, it's a chokehold, and it's so dangerous. You know, I learned it uh, when I was working with, with South American paramilitary. Uh, you, you, you've got to stop the fight immediately, whether Kiesa t- taps or not, because it's, it's going to potentially kill him or at least paralyze him. And, and you and you, and you got to be careful about this. And the, the NSAC uh, asked, you know, hey, um, show us the move. Can you, can, you, can you show it to us? And, and he demonstrated it. And it was described to me, and it's been described to me by multiple people, um, but basically it was grab the, the, the neck and the chin like in a standing guillotine choke 
and then rotate the torso so that the head is braced on the shoulder and then slam to the canvas to break the neck over the shoulder. And then it was it was said uh, in a little more description, like you know, if, like if you can't picture it, it's like a, it's like the wrestling move, the Stone Cold Stunner. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my, God, you know. So did you have to look up what a Stone Cold Stunner was? I, I did. I, I know, but I, I kind of had an idea, but I, I, I was, uh, I, I kind of wasn't sure, but I, I, I got it. So I did look up Stone Cold Stunner, but I thought it was funny that it was described that way. Anyway, so the the commission was concerned. They went to the UFC and they said. Um, Listen, man, this guy's saying he's teaching his his guy to to kill his opponent, you know, and and what's up with that? And and UFC and and the, and the the Nevada Commission came together and said, listen, the, the you know the combined years of experience that we all have in martial arts, um, what are the odds that this guy knows and has taught so well a move that none of us have ever even seen or heard of uh, outside of professional wrestling that yeah. could potentially be deadly? And so they allowed the bout to continue, and of course, Michael Chiesa um, won the fight. Uh, they did. The commission did, by the way, go talk to Diego and his team, and, and talk to Fabi, and said, "Listen, man, this is a sporting contest, not a death match. You know, this is about sportsmanship and about kind. Yes, it's a violent sport, but at the same time, come on, man, we're not yeah. we're not trying to kill anybody here." So, um, I, I was able to publish that story because I, I had multiple sources on it, and and uh, you know, I, I I felt it was kind of important for people to 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 hear about, to be honest with you. And I am, uh, this to me just further cements my position. And again, I do not want to attack Joshua Fabia, which I, you know, he's done multiple interviews. He's, he's, he's done a long interview with uh, Luke Thomas. He's done a long interview with Ariel Hawani. He actually spoke on the phone to Mike Bond, I think for uh, the better part of 90 minutes, as I understand, I don't think Mike ended up publishing anything. He ended up just publishing the comments that Diego shared with him that day. Um, honestly, because a lot of what uh, Joshua was saying, um, he, he mentioned to, to Mike Bond that Diego hadn't been paid his win bonus, which I reached out to the USC and found that was categorically untrue. That he had absolutely been paid his win bonus. He'd been paid everything that was coming to him. So, you know, at that point, Mike said, "I, I don't know what this guy is saying. What's what's truth? What's fiction? What's not?" Um, and this was before we had, you know, all this confirmation of everything on record. Um, and to me, it just further cements my position, man. I, 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 this guy does not need to be the head trainer of Diego Sanchez. And he does not need to be the lone cornerman for Diego Sanchez. If he's in his life for whatever reason, through some kind of spiritual guidance or self-betterment, fine, so be it. But I really honestly, and, and, it sucks because I feel like Diego thinks people are attacking him, and I think that you know this this all this attention and 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 uh, you know discussion that's being had about Fabia and his role in Diego's life. I think Diego, at least from what I'm seeing on social media anyway, is taking a defensive stance that people are attacking him. And I wish he would attacking say Joshua. Not well. Not Diego. I think he feels. I think I think maybe Diego feels personally attacked too. And. I can see that to a degree. Yeah, maybe like you know like some shared defense or whatever, yeah. and and I just I hope he he can see the reason people are 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 there because people do care about Diego. People people like Diego, and and I am afraid that Diego, who is a legend of the sport, is going to have his career the 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 tail end of his career cut short, ruined by this gentleman handling his 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 you know strategies and fight preparation and all that. I just don't understand how this guy can be qualified, and if he's teaching death touch, you know, maneuvers. I mean that. I mean, 
say what you will about all the sorcery that he speaks of. I mean, the guy speaks very, you know, differently, okay? I mean, he yeah. speaks – I get it. Now, if you want to say, man, I – feels like he's a – I heard a lot of people say snake oil salesman, you know, and there is a lot of that, you know, confounding type discussion of, you know, what what you see is not what you see and where you are is not what you think. and You know what I mean? And the world is a wheel and these are the spokes and I don't know. I mean, he just says weird yeah. shit. And, but throw all that out the window. Now we have practical evidence of him as a trainer trying to – first of all, Trying to teach Diego a, 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 a fatal maneuver. Okay, that's the first problem. Yeah. The second problem is, if you were to do that, if you were to train your fighter in such a maneuver, if it did exist, why would you then go to the commission and explain to them that your fighter is out with the intent to kill the guy? The fight almost got canceled. He almost cost Diego Sanchez yeah. a major paycheck. So if this guy's got Diego's best interest at heart, what? I mean, the training is ridiculous. The idea that there's some chokehold that nobody has seen before that will kill a man as soon as you execute it, and oh, by the way, it looks like the Stone Cold Stunner of all things. But then on top of that, you go to the commission. You nearly cost this fight, man. You will nearly cost Diego Sanchez a paycheck. So I don't know, man. I, I don't want to go too bad. On, yeah. I, I don't want to go too much on the guy because I don't know him personally, and, and I'm not trying to pretend like I know – everything about this man and, and and he may be doing wonders for 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 Diego Sanchez as a human being you know what I'm saying right. he may be right. he, he may be helping him psychologically emotionally um you know better himself in life you know we know that Diego's gone through a divorce we know he's you know he's lost his gym at Jackson Wink and, and, and in relationships there and, and we know that I mean Diego's a unique human being that, that needs a certain kind of nurturing and a certain kind of attention and Joshua Fabia may be handling all of that on a level that we can't even understand. You know, even hell, financially, he may be setting him up with businesses and, and plans for later in life. But as a fight instructor, as a mixed martial arts coach, he, he ain't getting the job done. And, and I just hope Diego can see that. Well, and that's, the, that's the thing. I mean, I guess at this point when you, when you talk about, you know, you don't want to see the end of Diego's career to end on a bad note because of some of the advice that he's getting – I already feel like we're already sort of on borrowed time when it comes to Diego and his career. I mean, his, his first professional fight, if we if we go by what Tapology has, was June twenty first, two thousand and two. Yes, that's a long that's time a long to be in this ago. fight game. So I mean, he's already outlasted most of the other fighters, if not every other fighter that's been doing this sort of thing. So already, I feel like anything that we're getting out of them, we're already getting something more than we probably deserve. Um, I get the idea of if Diego is at a point in his career where um, this person means something to him. Because we see people in corners all the time that just don't seem at first sh that they should be there. We see fighters put their wives. We see them put their girlfriends in their corner. I've seen other managers in corners as well. Yes. Um, but the fact that this is the only particular person that's perhaps in there calling the shots. I could see where some people maybe take issue with that. Yeah, it's not one out of three Yeah, one out of four at a championship bout. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of guy. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I can see where if, you know, who am I to, to tell a fighter that if you're going to get in there and you're going to be doing one of these crazy situations where, um, you know, just to, to, to use a, a term for better or worse, a life or death situation, even though we know these are not death situations, um, 
there still could be life or death ramifications for if something goes wrong out there. And if this is the person that he feels means something to him that he wants to have him in his corner, I get that. Um, And really, I mean, after this many fights, what really is what somebody's going to say that Diego hasn't seen out there, that he hasn't heard? It's not like he's a brand new fighter that's going out there and needs to hear it, but it is nice when a fighter is reminded of when they're in the corner and they look up and they're like, what do I need to do to get out of this position to get those technical uh, things said to them? So I can see where there could be some lenience in the fact that, you know, this isn't Diego's first rodeo. Right. So do do we need the most well-seasoned corner in his corner to have him be able to get through a fight? Probably not. Um, and if this person is somebody where he feels comfortable, where Diego at this point in his life feels like, um, I'd rather have a life guru in my corner than somebody that's going to be telling me stuff I ultimately already know. And maybe he got to a point where he was like, I don't need the technical stuff because the technical stuff wasn't working either. Maybe what I need is is this, you know. So I'm not going to fault him. I could see where a lot of people might be like, that's just stupid. Um, well, but, but, here's, but here's the thing is, and, and I, I want to – because I accept what you're saying, and I had that thought too, right? At, yeah. at this point in Diego Sanchez's career, it's not like he's going to hear anything he hasn't heard hasn't before. Heard. It's not like he's going to, uh, yeah, get some kind of new technique he's not aware of, you know, in between rounds or whatever. Like you said, here's something. Else. But what he can get is, you know, that person on the outside has a better view sometimes of what's going on, and they're not sure. they're not involved in it. You know what I'm saying? So they yeah. can be from the outside looking in, and I think they can say, hey, listen, you know, when you're moving your head left, he's reacting this way, or right. when you give this fake, he's reacting that way. So I, I, I kind of had the same – I kind of wanted to give the same pass that – I don't want to say you're giving a pass right now, but I kind of had that same kinda idea. Kind of giving him a pass, but I'm also – you know, I, I get it on both ways. Because I think sometimes um, – Everybody knows what their fighter needs to hear to get them motivated at that particular point. And if he thinks that what he's saying at that time is what Diego needs to get motivated, I could see if their relationship and that's what Diego is signing off on. I can't fault him for it because you're right. I mean, you want the fighter to get the best uh, advice going into it. But, I mean, again, this is the guy that has – I mean, I could try to count up all these endless number of fights that he has and – if it wasn't, I mean, it's not like he was in the middle of a massive amount of win streaks when he decided, like, this is the guy I'm going right. to bring in. Right. You know, and he had incredible coaches in his corners. I think at this point, you know, he's just trying to end his career at a place in his mind that he's happy with um, and that he's at peace with. And I feel like he is. I mean, just, I don't know, what got me in that last fight was the whole peacocking weird like sort of breathing strutting okay. thing that happened behind, in the fight that's what i wanted to know was like what was he being told or what was he visualizing in his head at that point and was that something he was coached you're right and then okay so, so like that threw so me that off. brings you to another point that brings you to another point that i had even forgotten that i wanted to make so i'm glad you said that now he comes up uh, and, and there was it was on diego's instagram but it was clearly not diego because it talked about diego in third person number one so whoever made the video you know basically showed oh look here's defense here defense here and it, you know showed the whole fight and how he was blocking and blocking and blocking and it kept pointing out how great his defense was and he mentioned that in some of the interviews why isn't pe- why aren't people saying diego's defense is like mayweather okay cool well first of all diego's defense is not like mayweather yeah. but i will give you that you're right. He didn't take a ton of damage. I will agree with that. He did not yeah. take a ton of damage. But 
at what what offense did he have? This this game is about offense. Yes, you need to try to avoid getting hit, but but you 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 can't. You've got to have offense as well. So that was part of it. But the other thing too was that video started out with, which I'm assuming Fabia had something to do with it, mentioning that it was wrong of Daniel Cormier to point out the breathing that Diego was doing because he's broken his nose several times and it's difficult to breathe through his nose. Bro, that was not natural breathing through the mouth. Yeah. He was doing like the peacocking. Okay, Diego's just kind of Diego. Diego's, Diego's, Diego's yeah, Diego, Diego, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The peacocking. That's Diego. But that 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 breathing that he was like doing, the lip lip puffing out, sort of. Yeah, that was not. That was not. Oh my guy just has problems breathing through his yeah. nose. That was probably some. See, I hate to just assume stuff, but I'm assuming that was some dumbass technique that, that he was taught that would help I was center some, his chi yeah, or something. Yeah, I was imagining something. some Tibetan shit, right? like, I mean, you know, come on. up on top of a mountain, you know. Or I something. hate to just assume something. But so, yeah, man. So, so that makes me – I mean, that was obviously off, and the guy is going, I don't even – why are you guys saying this? Why are you attacking him? It's not fair. That's rude of you. He just can't breathe through his nose. Like, no, man. If that's what it was, then, all right, fine. If, that, if that's your answer, come that's on. what it is. But to me, it, it, it seemed to me that Diego was visualizing. He was in a moment of visualizing something. He was channeling something. He was whatever in his head. His eyes were very focused. He was moving. His body structure, uh, his posture was definitely – he was visualizing something in his head. Yes. So it wasn't just a matter of like, hey, I'm just trying to breathe weirdly out of my mouth because my nose or whatever. There was something else going on there. And if this particular coach didn't know that, um, either didn't feel comfortable explaining what was really going on or he didn't really know. And then it could have just been Diego Diegoing. <laughs> you know, possible. At, at that particular which possible. Point, which might not be anything to attribute to. I mean – I could see where he definitely came out and, and his head was in a particular position, uh, place, you know, um, which is what I think every fighter going into a fight, their head goes into a particular place that you need to go to where you know you're going to be challenging yourself against another person that's bringing their best skills against you. If that's where Diego's mind goes now uh, before a fight, I guess, to each their own. It just right. Seemed very off in front of the that fight because it was something that I don't remember ever seeing from Diego before. So we just assume, okay, this must be a new, a new trick in the bag. This is a new something that they worked on or whatever. And it was just a little jarring, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to jump on the guy, but uh, it's been interesting hearing a lot of the people really focusing on it. So I guess if anything, I'll just stick with the fact that if Diego's happy with where he's at in his life, that having this guy in the corner is more for him uh, as a person just being in his corner than maybe given the technical knowledge that we expect that somebody's going to hear to each his own. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault. Him. I get it as that if we want of a to, corner as part of a corner, yeah, not as the only but, guy in the corner, but some people just fucking push people away when they're at a pr- particular point in their life and Diego's at this point now where he's very uh staunch in his beliefs and he's very set in his ways and I can see where it can be very I mean the fact that a guy that was so tight with Jackson Wink and like they, that was his family to switch and turn and almost just become completely 180 you could tell something happened and I just wonder if right now in where his mind is if he didn't push a lot of the other people away where maybe there aren't that many people clamoring to jump in that corner right or they're maybe not in the same mindset to where he wants them to be to be in that corner very possible you know so um it is what it is i mean but 
Diego still is in great shape. I mean, um, oh, and that's why I don't want to see his career get cut short. I think he's still know, got some fights left in him. He still he does have fights in him, and I don't think this guy is gonna to make that end. I mean, I think what if he keeps getting him beat? Well, that but that'll be just Diego get to a point where he's like, I can't take this anymore, or the UFC's gonna be like, okay, your performances are getting worse and worse. But I mean, he was able to. I mean, the the thing with that particular fight, he had such, and this is the part that. I think a lot of people were faulting his coaches that he was fighting an opponent that it was so oversized and so much of a longer reach, and he wasn't getting uh, the the tips to to get into on exactly. the inside, you know. But then you saw that that sort of front roll kick to start, and that could have been one of their. Attempts, I was okay with that. You know, I was okay that with the, been one of their the rolling thunder to like, start because you know, you know you're fighting a crazy guy. Right. Do something crazy. And Surprise it actually made contact. Yeah, so, I'm mean, okay with that. I was know. okay with that. But then when he sets up and he's, and he's framing with his hand and he's switching back and forth, like, hold on, the idea against this massive creative striker – was to set up on the outside and and try to stay at range. And that kicking length. What? He was at kicking distance. The, the, the idea wasn't like, and I understood even for one round. Had it been for one round, we were like, look, we know this dude tires himself out. He does backflips. He jumps off the cage. So let's do this. Let's let's walk him around for a round. Let's let's make sure we keep our hands up. Let's make sure we stay defensive. But let's let this dude show off. Backflip, cartwheel, do whatever because we know he's going to get tired. We've seen it happen. Okay, cool. Yeah. But now in round two, now we got to turn to our wrestling. Now we got to get inside. We got to clinch. You know, we got to yeah. we got to make them. That never happened. Yeah, that never happened. I was surprised Diego never got warned with his fingers, and I wonder if that would have throw off the whole game. If if the ref was just like Diego, you got to close your hands because the whole time it was just fingers up or whatever. And I wonder if that would have just thrown off the whole game. Ridiculous. But yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, and I was I was a little surprised at how much he did sort of like jump out and thought that we were sort of attacking him and some of the other stuff because it didn't seem to me like the stuff that you guys had put out um oh, was distancing from the team you guys put out well no, i mean writers you writers <laughs> put out you know <laughs> you people your types um but i i just thought it was interesting that, that how he did that and that just showed me that his connection with this guy and that he's taking it very personal because uh this is like probably in his world right now is the closest person to him, and that's why I think he's comfortable having this guy be in his corner. And that's why I and think so he's any, taking def def and that's why he's well. taking it personally that every, every all these sort of things that are going. Well, I hope he can realize him. that honestly. I think for most people, the criticisms are honestly out of a place of respect, yeah. and care for Diego Sanchez right. and wanting to see him get the best because he is an MMA legend. Yeah, and I only want to see the best for him. All right, I had a chance to. Uh, so, I, well, I should say this after. So, after I wrote that, then you have some questions like. I actually asked some of the people I talked to, like, to, to, was Michael Chiesa informed that night? And I was told no, Michael Chiesa was not informed uh, of I this. I could see where the commissioner was like, okay, this is serious but kind of a joke. Yeah, There's no well, reason to bring it up to anybody else. And I, and I honestly thought, too, if I was the commission, I probably wouldn't tell the guy either because you're not really sure and you've decided you're going to let the fight continue. Yeah. So as a guy is preparing, you know, would you want to go up to him and tell him, hey, man, uh, just to let you know, like, this guy has a move that he says could – Paralyze you or kill you. So yeah. it just, I mean, we're, but that's we'll, like every we'll martial arts thing you think it. about. Remember, like the 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 palm thrust into a nose, right? Or, or if somebody said, Since "Hey, if you," or if somebody said, "Yeah, up to the brain," or if somebody said, "If somebody just straight front kicks you in your fucking face, you could die from it." That could probably happen. 
we see that shit all the fucking time, yeah. you know? So, like, I get it to where they're probably just, like, I, I get I get where they were. At some point, they're like, dude, half this stuff that these people know could probably, if you spin it a certain way, right. could say, like, you could die from this. You know, if I throat punch somebody, they could die from this, you know, but... Well, so those were some of the questions I had. So, uh, fortunately, uh, w- the story went up very early this morning on the West Coast, but I guess Michael Chiesa is an early riser because he, <laughs> he, he tweeted right away. He's a junkie viewer. He's I, a junkie reader. He, he is. So I, t- I texted him, and uh, he was. I said, man, do you, could you, do you have a few minutes so we can talk about this? I got some questions I want to answer. And he said, uh, absolutely, give me a call. And uh, I had a chance to speak with him, and this was, this was his explanation of everything that happened on that night and uh, his feelings since. Mike, you there? Yeah, it's me. Well, good, man. Well, you got a few minutes now? Yep. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I mean, let's talk about this crazy situation, man. I, I you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've read the story by now or at least been alerted to it. Um, I, I guess I wanted to go back to that night. I mean, were you aware that, like, any of this was going on behind the scenes? No. I mean, I don't really know – are you talking about what was going on with my fight or with his la- with with Rio Rancho? Yeah, no, 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 with your fight with uh, with. The- oh yeah, dude. I mean, I I caught wind of it. Um, I can't say who I caught wind of it from. Um, or no, let me let me rewind. So we're in the back, and you know the antics are already going on through fight week. So I'm already you know assuming things are going to be a little weird on fight night, but not this bad. And uh, it kind of started when. Don House came and wrapped my hands, and uh, he was just kind of laughing. You know what I mean? He's just like, man, he's being a wild man back there. Like, you know, it's just like not really giving me details, but just kind of like I'm already catching wind that things are kind of weird in their locker room. And then, uh, and then the person that I'm not going to name came to me and was like, hey, I got to tell you, like, there's like, there's this talk and his crazy submission he wants to try on you, and they kind of like. I got a demonstration of what it was, and I mean, I immediately started laughing. I'm like, if you think for a second that you're going to, like, reverse Stone Cold Stunner me in a, in a high-level mixed martial arts contest, you're off your fucking rocker. Pardon my language. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, I knew what the move was. It was like it was like if he had my chin and his chest was on the back of my head, kind of like a guy would go for a guillotine, and it was like, he was going to rotate and start to turn his back to me while still holding my chin, basically putting the back of my neck on his shoulder and drop down. And I'm like, I just, we started laughing. We're like, this is so funny. Like, you know, me on fight night, I'm always assuming like I'm in for a tough match. It doesn't matter who it is. But at that point when they said, this is what his plan is basically like they're this is the submission they're asking, you know, trying to find out if it's legal and all, making all this hype about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take you down. I'm not it. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not happening. So, right. y- yeah, it was – no point did it was I ever like, oh, my God. You know, we were just like – we started laughing about it. Like, this is crazy. And then I'm hearing about – you know, this is the same time I'm hearing about the burning of the cage and all the incense and stuff. And it's like – buddy like it's like you're prepping to go to a yoga class or something like i'm about to fucking beat you up and you're trying to figure out how to do these fruitcake moves and you're sticking tea tree oil up your nose or whatever the hell it was like i knew all this stuff was happening and it was just funny to us i think that for them i think the shock came from the commission because they're making a big deal about it so that everybody's kind of like what the hell you know what i mean right but 
no, never at any point did I feel like I was about to be in any type of, well, there's no other immediate danger that could go beyond getting in a mixed martial arts fight. So, I mean, this guy's just nuts. Yeah. I haven't heard, I haven't watched any of the other stuff, so. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's what I was really asking about was just your bout. I mean, I didn't know if you had been told about it or maybe if they kept it under wraps. Because, I mean, I would think that would be kind of weird. I mean, like you just said, you're already going to get in a cage fight. But for somebody to come to you and say, oh, by the way, you know, this guy might try to kill you or paralyze you tonight, man, I would think that might kind of mess with your mind a little bit. No, not at all. No. I mean, look, dude, it, maybe if I was fighting, uh, you know, Stipe Miocic, then it's like, holy shit, this dude's a monster, and he could probably grab me by the head and spin me around and do something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Then there's a threat, but it's like, Come on, dude. If that if, if that type of stuff was to get in your head, then you're weak minded. You know what I mean? You already got to go in there with the mentality that you're gonna. There's potential you could get severely hurt. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a. I I'm the type of guy where going into a fight, I'm always thinking the worst possible thing is gonna happen to me. You know what I mean? Like I'm confident I'm gonna win, but I'm always thinking like I'm gonna get my face smashed. I'm gonna have all these crazy things happen. Like I know the risks are there. So you know, there's nothing you can say to me to shake me. So for them, you know. And like I said, this guy was just like overhearing as it's happening, kind of eavesdropping and showing me what was shown in the snap. And it's like, it just, it became laughable, dude. I mean, 100%. Did, did it bother you only, at all, though? I mean, only... Did it bother you, though? I mean, to, I mean obviously, you, I mean, we, you know, you guys all realize the inherent danger that's in the sport, but to hear that somebody might be willing to try to kill you, I mean, did that upset you or bother you or make you think different of Diego? Um, No. He's just, He's just crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing about Diego is, look, man, like, you got to, like, at some point you have to accept the fact that you are older and you are always going to be in some type of doubt, and that's just the nature of the sport. Nobody's out to get you. That's just what it is. You, you know what I mean? It's whatever. So whatever he's got to do to pump himself on fight night, that's fine. You know what I mean? But I don't feel... I'll, I'll tell you the only pressure I felt or the only thing that I was indifferent about was I was paranoid about him possibly beating me in no way that involved that, but just I didn't want this Josh Baby guy to have a win over me on his resume <laughs> at all. That was the only thing I kept thinking about through through fight week. So be- this was before all the fruitcake, you know, WWE moves were coming out, you know what I mean? But through the, through that fight week, with all the weird stuff they were doing, I was like, God forbid, this, I'm not, it's not even like, God forbid, Diego Sanchez beats me. It's like, God forbid, this baby guy gets a win over me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not trying to disrespect him. It's, it, he has a particular thing he does well, but I, would, I really wish I could see Diego with like a, a boxing coach and, you know, just a couple other guys. You know what I mean? I don't have any ill will towards any of the stuff that he presumably thought he was going to do to me that night. You know what I mean? It's, it's, he's got to do whatever he's got to do to pump him up at this age and whatever stage in his career he's at and whatever he believes in is going to give him confidence going to the fight. That's fine. We've always been cordial in passing. You know what I mean? But, I mean, this is the fight game. You know, and there's a lot of really messed up things you can do to somebody in a fight that are actually legal. So, for them to say, oh, well, he's talking about doing this crazy move. Well, it's like, well, he's talking about basically giving up his back to me, and I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, like, what? I didn't, you know, maybe if I didn't have confidence in maybe that particular skill set of mine, you know what I mean? Like, 
maybe if I didn't have a good grappling skill set, then I'd be like, what, 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 what? you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, no, oh my God, I can't believe this. But it's like, dude, I, I, you know, I'd like to think I'm one of the best grapplers in the UFC, and especially at welterweight. And, you know, there's no way in hell that we were sweating that shit in a second, John. It was, it, it was laughable. I dig it. I dig it. Well, what's going on with you, man? Do you get uh, you're, you're doing commentating now? Looking good, man. Or you got you got a fight lined up. What's the, what's the plans for you? This Jeff Neal keeps calling your name. <laughs> yeah, I keep hearing about Jeff, and that's fine. You know what I mean. But uh, here's the thing, man. Like, I'm looking. I I respect the skills. The dude is tough as shit. He's on a tear. I saw him fight his first fight the Tender Series. And I was like, that dude is. You can fast track him. He's he's top ten talent. You know what I mean. So real, recognize real. That doesn't mean I don't think I can't be a bot. But I'm just you know for me, I put my time in the sport. I've been in the UFC for it'll be eight years this March, and you know what I mean. I'm not asking for a title fight or something, but I've I've earned my spot. You know, RDA asked for the fight with me to get me in the position I'm in now. You know, that's not my fault. He asked for it. I took it. Who wouldn't? You know what I mean. But now it's like eight years in the sport. I'm back in the mix. I'm only really looking ahead of me, you know. God, I don't want to fight Wonder Boy. I fucking like him, but he's ahead of me. So if they're off of that, okay. You know, my sights are still set on Colby. You know, who knows what he's gonna do? Um, you know, there's the Maya uh, Burns, whoever wins out of that. You know, I'm, I'm I'm looking up there, and it's because I reserve the right to. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I'd like to think uh, July sounds good, but they keep talking about at this UFC Seattle show. And I'd like to find out the date on that because it'd be cool to fight in, in my home state. And, yeah. and, you know, and especially when there's a good chance to get a main event spot. But outside of that, man, I'm really not really too focused on picking my next fight. I'm still I'm taking the kids to the state tournament this weekend for wrestling. I'm still coaching right now. Um, just doing my commentating. I got another analyst gig in uh uh, for the Portland show, so I'll do this bitch thing. I can get a rematch again. I'll <laughs> 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 you know, get a rematch with this thing in Portland, but in my backyard, so he's smoked. But uh, and then uh, I'll actually also be I'll be doing the analyst work in Portland, and then I got another commentating gig in uh, Abu Dhabi for UAE Warriors. So I'm still trying to broaden my skill set everywhere. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, maybe one of these days we can get behind the best, John. I'm like, come on, CFC, throw me in there at least one time. Let me get in there next time and we can work our magic again. I love it, man. I, I got to talk to them. Uh, they're thinking about traveling outside the East Coast this year. So if we get some West Coast shows, I'm going I'm to holler at them and see what we can do. Hey, that's what I'm talking about, John. We got we to gotta get back together and make the magic happen. I'm a little more experienced now. You're a little more natural at it. You're like, you know, you, you handle stuff on camera and you get interviews. You got a good voice. I'm, I'm feeling a little more confident than I was then, so I think we could do pretty good. That was good, man. I had a good time. I'd love to do it again, bro. Heck yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate yeah. it, man. I'll talk to you soon, bro. So there you go. It turns out that Michael Chiesa did know on the night of, of the fight what was possible, uh, but just basically started cracking up and laughing about it. <laughs> so uh, probably what you'd expect out of Mike Chiesa. But I thought he made a great point there because, um, you know, and, and, and it kind of it kind of leans into what you were saying earlier uh, before before the, the piece there is that, um, yeah, when you step into a cage with another human being, like, they're trying to hurt you really bad. Like, it, you yeah. know, it's, it's, you know, okay, you know, maybe not their pushing for death but yeah you know it's you know serious consequences are possible going in there but uh i, I don't know man I, I like michael kiesa's attitude about the whole thing and and even he said listen i mean i would just like to see you know 
Diego have somebody else in his corner, man? You know, like I, 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 I no disrespect to this Fabia guy, but I want to see other people in Diego's corner. So. Uh, I think even he feels the same way. All right, listen, should say, if you like what you're listening to, and how could you not? I mean, it's just high-level mixed martial arts discussion. From, from <laughs> and lots of medical recovery talk. Yeah, medical, exactly, <laughs> man. Over a couple of frosty beverages, some award-winning PBR this PBR. afternoon. Uh, you sh- if you're doing that, then what you should do is you should make sure uh, that wherever you get your podcast, especially on Apple Music, because that's where I take a look, uh, that you're subscribed to it. And if you leave some uh, a review, that helps. If you can give us uh, five stars or whatever it is, wherever you're uh, getting getting your podcast we certainly would appreciate a great review and if you could leave feedback that would be great i like i burped before i did you sorry about that i didn't want me to come out can we edit that out no no probably not all right <laughs> like pat gilmartin pat can you, can you leave feedback about how great the show is <laughs> great <laughs> uh oh this it which rolls in exactly pat gilmartin was kind enough to say Two pros. Now, he might want to take that headline back now. He might, <laughs> one pro and a guy that just burped that into just the microphone. right onto your ears. <laughs> it says, thank you for the years of podcasts. Every week without fail. And that is right. 256 consecutive weeks. Always a great primer like for upcoming 50 fights. years. We're all, it's great math there. <laughs> <laughs> I see the painkillers are still doing good work for you. Always a great primer for upcoming fights and great recaps on the and a half episodes. Thanks again. And... I appreciate that, and that leads into something. By the way, so if you're if you're a fan and you love the show and, and you want to like take it to the next level, or you just happen to really love the and a half episodes that we don't always get to, that's changing, my friends, because yes. I am now guaranteeing an and a half episode every single week that there's a major event, which is damn near every single week. Which is all the time. But where can people find me? Well, that's the thing. You have to go to a different place. You have to go to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. If you go there, you can sign up. Now, there's different levels, all right, for just $3 a month. I mean, $3 a month. I mean, the hardest part of donating $3 a month is just actually signing up. Like that's, once, a, that's a Starbucks coffee. Th- that's not even a Starbucks coffee. That's not coffee. even a Starbucks. If you try to put some cream or some soy or a wisp of cinnamon <laughs> Don't you get in that there, damn sweetener in there. You're not getting yeah, that. That's 50 cents a pump. $3 a month, you get access to everything. Anything we put up there, including such as... Pictures of your of your <laughs> wound, so which bad. is disgusting. Uh, it's gotten better though. It's gotten better. <laughs> it has a photo of us five years ago in Dublin, where the young Mike Bond is looking Nazi like Bond. a serial killer. <laughs> you can check that out like there. Uh, we've been doing. Uh, I, I've been sitting <laughs> in with the, the MMA Junkie Radio guys, and probably once you're a little healthier, maybe you'll end up doing it too. But we've been doing a little kind of a crosstalk episode with them on Monday, so it's kind of like old school MMA Junkie Radio. Mm-hmm. Me, Gorgeous George, and Goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get that i should say on their patreon as well but we we've agreed that since it's kind of a joint effort that we'll put it on both places so if you want to support the mma roadshow you can do that and you can get that kind of crosstalk episode so i like it just three dollars a month however that's the roadie but level. wait that's right and there's more if you want to go to five dollars a month that's the producer level the producer level now we're talking about a starbucks coffee right i mean Yep. The three dollars a month that's that was with poor, the like cream. that's that was that's like with Ma- some sprinkles McCafe on it. McCafe or something. McCafe is three dollars. <laughs> Five dollars. Now, now you yeah. Now you're going to Starbucks for there the producer level. At that point, you got a little. You're getting access to everything, of course. But now, if you got questions you want heard on the podcast, we're gonna answer them guaranteed. Yeah, I like Whatever it. question you got, guaranteed. Now listen, 
We have not missed a week, 256 consecutive weeks. So it's not like you're going to put in Again, your Again, that's like 50 years. It's like 50 years in a row <laughs> that we have done it. You're, 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 so you it's want not some like, pills? It's I'm going to get some more pills. Your pills are all, I might ask you for some pills on the way home. Um, it's not like you know, you're going to ask a question and it's going to be two weeks later because you know the boys weren't doing podcasts. No, we're going to answer your question right away. So if you, anything you want to do, hit us up. Guaranteed. Done. We're addressing your topic, whatever it may be. Then – I mean, if you want to go big time, if you're a baller. If you're a star. A star, my friend. You can go to the star level for $10 a month. And at that point, listen, at this point, the way I put it on the, on the Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow site is you're basically the boss at that point. We're, just, <laughs> we're working for you at that point. So if you, got, if you got questions you want us to talk about, topics you want us to talk about, we'll do that. If you got questions to fighters – you give us the questions. We'll ask you for We'll record it on video for you because we already got cameras rolling. Anyway, now, the only thing I said there is I, if it's going to get me slapped, I'm not going yeah. to ask that. Can't ruin relationships. No, no. We have to work to with them again. Now, I may be able to get creative. I may be able to say, like, Bob from Idaho wants to know why you're such a bitch. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, but we'll see. I, I have to be creative about these things. So try to, you know, try to understand that there are challenges involved. But, uh, but. That will be the But if we can get him on like a phone video answering Bob from Idaho and saying, hey, Bob, yeah. I'm a bitch because. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll find a way. <laughs> and most importantly, that will be the exclusive home every week for the and a half episode. So we will knock those out. If you if you never heard one of the and a half shows before, I got one on Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow from last week, uh, and it's free right now. It's, it's public. It's, right it's now. public. Everybody can see it. So if yep. you haven't, what I like to do is, yeah, we recap what's going on. I mean, I'll talk about my observations and what we saw, but I'll also include like some some press conference clips, some post fight backstage audio. Yep, yep, I think it's yep. kind of a nice little put a little bow on it. You know, you can hear what I thought were the important quotes of the evening um, or, you know, so maybe I've collected it from some of our other reporters that are out on the scene um, and but then also giving my thoughts as well I'm talking about. Yeah. So I think they're a great recap. It is good. It is good. And I know that some people might be like, oh, man, you've been giving them free forever and ever. And that's it. it, it is true. It, we have been doing it. But it gets to a point where these people that have that have reached in and have given us monies their own hard-earned money to help keep this thing going we had to find ways to give them something back that's right and, and the and a halfs no offense to everybody that enjoys the 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 ones that we've done in the past this is just another effort to give back to those that have given to us um but we're still going to give you always going to have the weekly show that we put out that's uh, right we'll still always have this always have you're always going to get something from us free. each week you're always going to get something free from us each week it's just just another way to give back to those that have given to us and uh because we do appreciate it. And we're going to still try to find other ways to kind of keep giving stuff uh, to those that have. So um, those that have given in the past, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, we appreciate it. Yeah. All right, listen, um, this week is a busy weekend for MMA. I will say uh, Bellator is doing their – it's it's a two show weekend. It's almost a three show weekend because they do that thing in Europe where they they have like a numbered event and a a European event. And that's all yeah. about TV contracts um, and, and where they go. So I understand why they have to do it. It's confusing as all hell. Super confusing. There's, so it's Bellator Europe seven and Bellator two forty on Saturday in Dublin. It's Bellator two thirty nine on Friday in Thackerville, Oklahoma. Matt Erickson is in Thackerville, Oklahoma. I'm just gonna say to be honest with you, this weekend while there's a lot of Bellator fights. 
uh, it is not the greatest weekend of fights for Bellator. Now, Thackerville Friday night, Ed Ruth versus, versus Yaroslav Amosov. That is an actual, uh, a very good fight. The 8-1 yeah. Ed Ruth uh, super prospect versus Yaroslav Amosov, an undefeated 22-0 record. Uh, pretty incredible stuff there. And, and uh, you know, uh, not necessarily a name to, to, to the same degree, um, but certainly a matchup that, that makes a lot of sense uh, in the Bellator welterweight division. Uh, some other names there, Brandon Gertz versus Miles Jury, uh, Tyrell Fortune versus Timothy Johnson, Javi Ayala versus Valentin Moldovsky. So it's a good main card. It's a good card. A what good I'm saying, card. It's I don't think the fights are going to be bad, and I do think there's some uh, matchups that are going to help move some people forward, but it's not one of those ones that just – screams at you that you got to make sure that that you're there so um we'll see and then of course the prelims uh, the prelims do have again some interesting names on there you know some of the 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 people that all 13 of them yeah there's a lot that's of prelims. a lot of prelims uh, christian edwards is on there of course christian edwards is um uh, the the, uh, the johnny bones uh protege that a lot of people are excited about want to see big things out of him uh, Sean Bunch is on there versus Keith Lee. Um, so uh, a, a pretty interesting matchup there. Denise Kielholtz is there uh, versus Christina Williams. That's actually a pretty meaningful fight. Gaston Bolanos is on there. Always like to see him fight. Mm-hmm. Josh Hill making his debut. So, I mean, there are uh, – Lucas Brennan, by the way, is the name. Chris, I mean, that, uh, old school fans like that. Chris Brennan's kid uh, who's, I think, still a teenager. Um, but uh, Chris Brennan, an old school name there. So, again, there are some names here. There are some fights here. It's just – it's not the star-studded affair – um, but I, you know, something to watch on Friday night for sure. Meanwhile, um, Saturday morning, uh, you have the Bellator Europe card, um, kind of lost some, it, was, it, it lost its headliner basically. So they had to scramble a little bit. It's a very European centric card and that's what they're trying to do. I mean, yeah. they're trying to capitalize on it and it's a smart move from Bellator, man. They're building the brand in the region. They can have primetime cards there. Um, but basically what it looks like is, you know, it looks like a whole bunch of like cage warriors and, you know, KSW. I mean, it's, it's a very, very European-centric card um, that you're going to see on there. Four Americans. Just four yeah. Americans. That's it. If you're in Europe, I mean, it's you're probably all about it. There's the good fighters, though. I mean, Ricky Bendejas. Uh, yeah. Beck Rawlings see. is on there. Georgia like Karakanyan. Yeah, Georgia Karakanyan's on there. It's yep. a good card when you even like when we uh, we were actually just talking about that that other Bellator when you kind of go through it it's kind of got some sneaky names a lot of times when we see some of these prelims we always just assume it's local the local just flavor they're trying to sell tickets but no this has got actually, some of their prospects it's got some good fights I mean the second fight from the bottom Rick, Richie Smolin he's a hell of a fighter I mean he's from uh, the uh, Ultimate Fighter yep. people remember him from that one he was a really really fun guy to watch no, listen, I think for the hardcores it's it's it's, it's good it's it's just it doesn't have this this doesn't have the sexy title fight it doesn't have the, the Grand Rollins. Prix match sexy right it there does have, that is a sexy <laughs> title fight there she's fight involved right there. in all sexy title fights <laughs> uh, but yeah it just doesn't have the big but you're right on the prelims Bellator, and we've talked about it before, I mean, when, when we cover Bellator events, we spend a lot more time talking about it. They are doing a really good job of cultivating young talent. A you really know? good job. I mean, they're, they're – Especially finding people in some of these markets that you don't know about. Right. You know, I think that's the great thing about them going into some of these little markets, and, and they're pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, they're finding some of these people and then bringing them back and bringing them back over the States and introduce them to a lot of the people here in uh, the U.S. When you look down this card, I mean, it's this is a – Good. It's a good night. I mean, but you're right. There's not a lot of names that you stand that you're like, oh my god, I have to watch it. Exactly. But this is one of those ones that you know if you watch it, there's going to be good fights all throughout the night. That's it. I think the fights are going to be good. I think they're going to be entertaining enough. It's going to be exciting enough. Yeah. I just don't think there's any of that 
can't miss this fight. Got to watch it live. Let's make sure my, my boys are with me. Let's make sure we're dialed in. I think this is one you can kind of throw on in the background and keep an eye on it. You know, maybe you check some highlights later. Um, to me, the, 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 the big matchup of the weekend, mixed martial arts-wise, is definitely in the UFC. It's, it's in Auckland, New Zealand. It's Paul Felder versus Dan Hooker. A uh, very, very exciting lightweight fight. It takes place Saturday night, airs on ESPN Plus, Sunday morning in Auckland. So it's those early morning cards uh, in Auckland, New Zealand, uh, but airs in prime time on, uh, thank goodness. on Saturday night. Yeah, thank God. Thank goodness. Um, listen, I just want to say, That's man, a good card. It's, it's a good matchup. It's, yeah. it's a good matchup. It's a good card, too. Um, it, it, this one does, I think, it, in, in many of the same ways. The, the, many, it, it's, it's almost, to me, it's almost similar to the Bellator events. Except that this one has the really nice headliner. I mean, this is a really yeah. big headliner. Like the main card, the main card's stacked of, of like good fights. But yeah, the main event on this one is one that you're like, there's one, there's real heat, and it means something for the division. That's like it. there's a lot of there's a lot of shit riding on that one. But when you go through, I mean, that main card's pretty it is stacked. But when you go through the undercard, there's some there's some good fighters, and you know, I, that's why I'll give Bellator the credit sometimes too. Where they're when I'm looking at that, we just looked at the Bellator Dublin as Tapology names it. Uh, that prelim on that one is really good and almost better than some of these fights that we're going to get on this. Wow! This UFC one. I mean, like, I don't know. I like Mackie Patolo, but um, the second fight on the Bellator, who did we say was that Richie Smolin one? I'm actually a little more excited to see that fight than this Patolo Sato fight. Wow! But I don't know. But I mean, that's just I'm just Bellator. See, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people overlook Bellator just because they think Bellator is Bellator or whatever. But their cards have consistently been getting better all throughout. I would definitely agree with that. And uh, I would say that their prelims mean a lot more than they used to be. Their prelims used to be yeah. nothing but local ticket sellers. Yeah, that's not the case anymore. No, I, the UFC prelims. But I mean, not- is good. This is I mean, this is a good card. I mean, I, like I like Patola versus Takashi Sato. I mean, Priscilla Cachoeira, Shana Dobson. Okay, that might be a loser leaves towns match. Yeah, I'm Kai very Kara excited. France. <laughs> yeah, Angela Hill versus Loma Lukbunmi. I'm really, really excited about that. Loma Lukbunmi only has a 4-1 and MMA record, but she has hundreds of tie fights. I mean, her striking is on point. I mean, that's where Angela Hill came from, was a kickboxing background before she came into mixed martial arts. And, of course, Angela Hill now um, is, is, is rapidly improving. It seems like she's getting better and better every time out. So that's an interesting fight. As you said, Kai Carr France, always nice to see him fight versus Tyson Nam, a guy that's been on the grind forever. Uh, Son Kanan returns against Callum Potter, yeah, he's, who's he's a, a tough beast, guy. Dude. Jake Matthews versus Emil Meek. I that find should be that an interesting, one That should be an interesting one. Yeah, J- uh, Jalen Turner versus the newcomer, the undefeated new- newcomer, and Josh Kulabau. Uh, Kevin Aguilar versus now, then you get the main card and as you said I like I think the main card is going to have some really exciting fights Kevin Aguilar versus Vera Tukigov, uh Maga Mustafa versus Brad Riddell Marcos Rojero de Lima versus Ben Sosley Carolina Kovalkiewicz versus Jan Janan and Jimmy Crute versus Mikhail Alexeychuk. Um, I think there's a potential. Oh, you said his name very well. I, I appreciate that. I, I, I think all these butchered that last one. But see, to me, what this is, to me, you're right. I, in fact, I don't have a problem with you arguing that the Bellator card is 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 better because to me, the the Bellator card and the UFC card this weekend are both similar. There's a lot of fights I think are going to be entertaining, but not ones that people are going to be clamoring to see. Exactly. Yeah. The difference is. The UFC has the headliner, and that's yeah. that to me is the best. That is the most meaningful that's MMA the most fight meaningful of the fight. weekend. Of the exactly. weekend, out of any out of any fight. Yep, I will not argue that at all. Like that is one that is has title ramifications because that legit is a contender fight. That 
fight means a lot. And some of these other ones I think are going to be good and they'll be entertaining fights. But I think a lot of those Bellator ones could be just as, as entertaining as well. I would agree with that. You know, I would agree with that. All right, but there are some really good fights on this. One. I, do, I think we're gonna. I think it's we're a gonna good have, weekend it's a good of fights. Week, it's a good weekend, man. It it's is a good really weekend. good weekend of fights. Um, unfortunately, you'll be sitting at home just you know watching them all. I like it. Not doing anything because you're still recovering. Like it. And with pain, but I mean, I, w- I, w- <laughs> I will still remote. But what the great thing about not having somebody at the 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 Dublin ones is that I don't have to worry about trying to help edit any of that stuff. Sure. But like some of these ones. Uh, uh, well, the one Bellator, we will, the Thacker, uh, Thackerville or whatever. Yeah, we Erickson Erickson's there, so if he needs assist, I will gladly jump in. But these other ones, I am looking forward to just watch and be thoroughly entertained. Well, and the other good thing about it, too, is um, they don't overlap. So, like, the yeah. Bellator card is – so you got Friday night Bellator, Saturday morning, morning. Bellator, Saturday, Saturday night, night UFC. So if you want to dedicate your whole week wow. in MMA, you can do it. Tell, tell the girl – Wait till Sunday. We'll go kick wow. it on Sunday. Wow, that is literally, that is amazing. It's gonna be like, I don't know, my, my math is really bad. That's like a probably, week full of fights. Yeah, probably forty-five, <laughs> fifty fights. Yeah, that probably is forty-five fights, awesome. something like that. So yeah, you can watch them all. All right, listen, uh, <laughs> babe, it's Friday night. I know it. Sorry, I can't see you. Uh, check back in with me on Sunday. Sorry about you. Sorry. All right. Uh, all right, listen. So I did uh, want to speak to the two guys that are uh, a big part of the biggest fight of the weekend, and uh, we'll start with Dan Hooker. I've been a big fan of Dan Hooker uh, through his rise. I mean, anybody that's a, a long-time listener to the MMA Roadshow know that every time uh, we're we're in a fight week with Dan Hooker, we always make sure and sit down with him because I, I just think he's so well spoken, man. I think he's such an entertaining guy. Yeah, uh, he's a pleasant guy to be around. But um, uh, his his analysis of the game is is sharp and on point. He's open. He's honest about his, his feelings. I just I always enjoy talking to him, and this is a big moment for him. A uh, a main event uh, in his hometown. Uh, it, it's it, you know against a top contender. Uh, it's a big night for him. So I wanted to speak to uh, to Dan Hooker and uh, got him on the phone. Didn't make the trip to Auckland this time, which is a bummer. Auckland's such a great town, man. It's a it's a it's a cool place to go hang out, yeah. man. It's so laid back and people are super nice there. And obviously, New Zealand's a beautiful country. Um, but anyway, this is what uh, this is what Dan Hooker had to say. Kia John. What's going on, brother? Hey, very good to hear from you. You as well, my man. How are you feeling, man? Main event, hometown. I mean, this has got to be exciting, dude. What's the energy like for you right now? It's pretty crazy. Like you can feel it in the gym. I come in this morning for a training session, and everyone's everyone's kind of bouncing off the walls, man. We got fighters the night before. Another two of my teammates on the card. Israel's in camp. Like the the energy in here is pretty electric. That's pretty incredible. Have there been any any bad stories yet? You got like cousins that you didn't know you had hitting you up for tickets or crazy stuff like that? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm blessed that I've, uh, I've been pretty good at that over the last few years, and I know full well not to deal with any sort of that. So I've, I'm a I'm a I'm a delegator, if you say that. <laughs> I dig it, man. Talk about that camp, man. I mean, the the run that City Kickboxing is on, man. I mean, it's it's incredible. I I, I wonder. I mean, what is it? Is it? I mean, is it all Eugene and his his greatness? Is it something that you guys give each other? Is it? Is it tactics? Is it? I mean, what is it that's that's keying this amazing run for you guys? Well, it comes down. You know, there there are a few there are a few reasons, but definitely um, a couple of the main ones would be you know, combat sports been in New Zealand for for an incredibly long time, especially the striking aspect. You know, with our our K one legends, um, you know, Brace for Mark Hunt. Years ago, you know, um, Jason Sutty, guys like this, and so the knowledge from the from their coaches has been passed down. Like it's a, it's the same lineage. Like that that knowledge 
that they gained didn't go anywhere. Like it's just been it's been growing, and I feel like New Zealand combat sports was kind of out of the spotlight for a while. But now you're just seeing the the resurgence of that same um, information and that same approach and that same knowledge um, with this generation of fighters at, at City Kickboxing. So it's we have a lot of intelligent coaches that have had years and years and decades and decades of, of experience um, in the game planning and tactical side of things, which a, a lot of people are uh, obviously struggling to catch up with. Um, and then the other main reason has to be has to be the community that those coaches have created here at City Kickboxing. They have they have created uh, a culture where everyone will go to bat for everyone else. Um, for instance, my fight, 12-week camp, been training every day, couldn't train any harder. The following week, I'm going to come back and, and help Israel for his camp. Or, or, you know, if it wasn't Israel and one of the amateur guys that helped me for my camp um, needed a hand with his camp, I would be in here Saturday night. I would be in here Sunday just to help him out. And that's something that you're, you're not going to see at, other gyms where where guys are genuinely going to bat for each other, you know, everyone does their camp and then you won't see them for a couple of months until they get another fight booked and then they're going to, you know, if you have that kind of system, you only have a handful of training partners on the mat at the same time, whereas with the system that we have, you have, you know, I have a hundred people at spying, which I can, I can draw from any of them, so, you know, the bodies are always there, the styles are there, and you're always getting the, the different looks. That's awesome. What did it mean to you uh, with, with Izzy getting the Sportsman of the Year award the other day? I thought that was pretty cool, man. Is that a – I mean, that, that's got to be a big moment for, for MMA and the sport as a whole, right? I mean, you guys all got to take some some victory in that. Yeah, also, it was a pretty funny one. Like, when they were campaigning for it, the star was kind of thinking, what, like, what's the, what's the big deal um, at first? But then I saw when he, he won the award and even leading up to it, you know, um, played on national TV. Like, it's a, I, I was just a bit ignorant of it because I've been solely focused on combat sports for the last decade that I don't really <laughs> um, take in, you know, the, the mainstream sport. We have, you know, rugby, netball, cricket is, is gen- like generally what sports do well at these kind of awards. So... But since that, since he won this Halberg Award, man, I've had people that I never, never forward had any kind of interest in the sport asking me questions about it. The old lady going, "Oh, MMA, so MMA, all right?" Like at the recognition that it got from Israel winning the Halbergs and his speech and how well he presented himself, um, it's it's done wonders for the sport here. That's awesome, man. So let's talk about your fight, Dan. I mean, you've always been really good at kind of crafting your career and, you know, picking out matchups and, and making, you know, kind of storylines, I'd say. So when you guys started going back and forth a little bit, I thought, well, this is this is Dan doing what he does, man. He's, he's, he's propping up a fight the way he does, man. But has this gotten a little bit personal, man? That promo the other night, you, you did not seem like a very happy man. It's... it's um it's just something that no one has ever ever prompted from me in the past. So that's something um, that's always been a part of. It's always been there. It's always been a part of my of my personality. But I guess it's just something that people haven't um, seen yet. They haven't seen it because no one's been able to. No one's been able to find um, something that kind of one of the buttons, you know, something that gets me going. 
And, um, you know, I've had opponents in the past where I've had opponents yelling me at weigh-ins and, and get into my face and telling me that I'm um, rubbish and they're going to retire me and this and that. And, and <clears throat> I always felt like uh, it was from a place of weakness. I always felt like it was it was um, because they were scared. I could feel it. I could feel it that it wasn't genuine, you know, because you see them during the weekend, they'll kind of avoid eye contact or you 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 can you can feel the it's it's called fear aggression when someone gets scared they get aggressive and that to me is not um that doesn't get me going at all you know if you respond to fear aggression that person is going to garner some kind of confidence out of that that response so i always just left it and i ignored it and i brushed past it but you know felt it i know full well he's a man of respect so for him to come out and and disrespect a family name or whatever he has done um cross the line for me and there's only one way in in you know in my mind that that gets sorted that's either he backs down and apologizes which is a non-option that's a non-option where we're set to fight anyway or it's a fist fight and we're going the fist fight route so whatever um tension that we have i'll let it all out on on fight night and then whatever problem i have with him um with the things he said, I get to settle it inside the cage and I get to settle it the way I like to settle things. I love it. What was the moment like at that Maori welcome, Dan? Because, I mean, I've seen those before and they're, those are intense, man. They stir emotion. And then for you guys to be face-to-face, my God, what 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 was that like? It had to be a little bit tense. Yep, yep. So it's, um, oh, I appreciate that he, he you know, because he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to come to the marae. He doesn't have to come for the poetry. Um, but he did, and, and he fronted, and it was, um, it is tense for you when the, when the Warriors come out with the tie and they get in your face, and they, you know, it, it's a very tense situation. You can just, you can definitely feel it when you're there and you're experiencing it um, in that kind of setting. But the um, culturally, the Marae is a is a is a sacred place, and um, it's a place of peace. And it's a it's a place of unity. So it would have been if I would have done something um, disrespectful, it would have been disrespectful to the to the marae itself mm. and that whole tribe itself. I would have I would have um, it's called mana, which is kind of your the pride of your respect. It would have reflected very negatively on on that marae and that place. So that was a non-option. So for then and there. Um, in their place of peace, then then it's kind of all off. But they were telling me, you know, there's a big field out there and none of us have any tickets, so if you want to sort it out outside, <laughs> that'll, be there. that'll be fine with us. That's great, man. That's great. Well, talk to me about what you see in him as an opponent, Dan. I mean, obviously you've proven you're a dangerous guy. I mean, everybody's excited about this fight, but, I mean, technically what do you see in him as an opponent? I mean, does he present some dangers that, that concern you? He's tough. I, I give him that. Like he's tough. He's pretty strong. Like you're going to catch it at, at this at this level of combat in the world. You know, when you're talking top ten, top five opponents, um, everyone's going to be dangerous. So I feel like he matches up with me well. I feel like it's it's going to be um, skill for skill. I think I just have too much class for him. I dig it. And, and a win here, man, big. You're at the top of the division right now. So have you started to think about what makes sense? I mean, do you look at names? Is it, you know, is it Gaethje? Is it Poirier? Is, I mean, what, what makes sense for you after this? Yeah, coming into the top five, um, 
on a street fight win streak is, is uh, you know, will present some pretty incredible opportunities. And those two, those two you named are the only real options. And I already asked Kuri to dance once. I don't, I don't, I don't ask, I don't ask twice. And that, that Gagey fight, bruv, that Gagey fight, that's the one that, that when you mention it to fight fans, when you mention it, um, in discussions, it, it, it's the one that makes, makes the hair on your arm stand up. You know, he's, He's an incredible finisher. I'm an incredible finisher. That that fight, that fight packs out and sells out any arena and any part of the world that you put it on. In. I agree, man. I agree. Well, brother, I am sad that I'm not going to be there, but you know I'll be watching. Uh, let me know, man. What kind of fight? What fight are we going to be watching on Sunday morning? Is this? Uh, are we looking for a back and forth battle, or can you go and do something quick and decisive? What What, what am I going to be tuning into? Five rounds, five rounds. I'm looking for, I'm looking for a tough fight. I'm looking for the hardest fight um, I've ever been in. I feel like we're just going to be throwing level for 25 minutes, and I cannot wait. All right, so there you go, Dan Hooker, man. You can see he is, uh, he is fired up. He is dialed in. He is focused. Uh, man, listen, I'll be honest. I, I, I thought that he was kind of, I don't, I don't want to say making up, but uh, uh, how do you say it? Just kind of uh, exaggerating, I guess, would be the right word. This rivalry or this frustration that he had with somebody making fun of his name and his family. Yeah. But, dude, I'm telling you, on that promo when he said, uh, you know, you're making, you know, you're, you're talking trash about the name I hand down to my kid. And, like, dude, anytime you start involving kids, man, and, like, the, the heritage that you give to them, like, you're serious at that point. Like, it pisses you off, you know. Uh, but, uh, I, I, you know, it, it sounds to me like he's at least believing it right now for the moment. And as he said, you know, yeah. they, they can be cool afterwards, but not not right now. Right now it's pissing them off. And, um, and man, I love the, I love the idea um, that he's willing to go out there and fight Justin Gaethje, man, because there's not a lot of people putting their hand in the air for that fight. So, um Pretty cool stuff, man. I'm 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 fired up for that one. So, uh, and and then we'll just waste no time. I, I had a chance. Uh, thank you to the PR team down in the uh, Anzac region. They were kind enough to arrange me some time to speak with uh, Paul Felder as well. So the, the Irish Dragon had a few moments, and uh, and here's what he had to say. Hey guys, Paul. Oh, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I didn't even have to go through a middleman. This is good stuff. Oh, I got they gave me direct the phone. <laughs> I dig it. Well, Paul, man, listen, at this point, man, you're an expert traveler, but uh, this is a, a long journey. Talk to me about the uh, the jet lag and kind of what your approach was and, and how you handled it and just how you're holding up with it right now. Well, luckily we had a direct flight from Chicago, so me, Daniel, my jiu-jitsu coach, and uh, my nutritionist and Craig, we, we, we got in early. I got here Friday, so I've been here since Friday. Um so we just wanted to make sure we adjusted. We got our own Airbnb. We got this big house that we're all living in, uh, not living out of hotels and things like that. So we're comfortable. I got my own room, my own bed, my own bathroom. So that really helped adjust to it. So I feel completely um, adjusted already. Very nice. Have you made it around town yet? I mean, are you, are you public enemy number one? Or are the people showing you some love? Or are you getting some funny looks? What's What's it been like? I'm getting looks, but uh, more love than, than anything and people being honest, you know, telling me that they're obviously rooting for Dan, but thank you for coming. Welcome to New Zealand. The Kiwis seem to be the type of people that, you know, they just want to fight. And they, they want their guy to win, but at the end of the day, they're, they're glad that, uh, you know, we're bringing MMA and, and, and the UFC to their city and, and boosting 
boosting, uh, you know, tourism and all that kind of stuff here. So it's, it just did a radio show and the guys are hilarious and they had, you know, t-shirts made up for me if I lose saying Dan Hooker beat my ass and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, it's all, it's, it's all in fun, man. They're, uh, they're respectful and, and, uh, you know, I know they'll be, they'll be hostile on fight night, but I don't expect it afterwards when win or lose yeah i think it'll be fun what's the fight week feel for you like now paul i mean you're, you're a part of so many fight weeks you know working so you you know it's it's old hat and you're seeing familiar faces i'm sure and people you work with but now you know you're the fighter not the commentator so has that affected kind of the your, your energy or the way you feel on fight week because of all your you know your commentating duties and that sort of stuff yeah, I mean, the commentating helps just because you know everybody, you're familiar, and even everybody I'm working with now, I've already come out here and done a little press conference type stuff and photo shoots. So I've been here, I've seen the city before, I've worked with everybody. Uh, yeah, man, I've been doing this a long time now, you know, and it just feels like it's all starting to settle into where it needs to be. And I feel comfortable, and I feel like main event is exactly where I should be right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. The matchup is fun, man. I mean, I, I when it got announced, we were excited, but uh, I, I thought you guys were just having a little fun, a little back and forth, you know, a little playfulness. But I, I, at this point, I think this dude hates you, man. I mean, is this a is this a grudge match for you? Is there like added emotion here? Do you kind of not like the guy the same way that he obviously does not care for you? Nope, it's totally <laughs> on him. I, I don't give a, I don't give a shit to be honest with you. Um, I'm here for one reason, and it's, it's to to put on a fist fight and get that win on Sunday. Uh, this whole stuff was fun for me. I was joking around, but, uh, you know, I've said it a hundred times now. It's, we're, we're fist fighting. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if he likes me, he's going to try to hurt me regardless. So it can, it can be whatever it needs to be. It should be, it'd be more fun for the fans this way. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you think maybe he's trying to trying to build it up? I mean, I like Dan a lot, man. He's a good dude. But i got to imagine at 30 years old, like he's heard a hooker joke once or twice in his life, right? I mean, so do you think he's like kind of building something up a little bit, maybe trying to put something on? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he's really offended. I don't know. Either way, it's, he doesn't obviously have a thick skin for that kind of stuff. But uh, um, it wasn't my intention to uh, – <laughs> to insult his surname and his family. That was never my my goal. It was just having fun. I mean, he did tell me he was going to smash my face in first. So, you know, I didn't take too kindly to that either. But like I said, John, we're, we're fighting. You know, we're professional fighters. And uh, no matter how much we like each other or don't like each other, when that door closes on, on Sunday, we're going to be trying to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, well, break him down, uh, Paul. I mean, what do you see? I mean, obviously, you don't need to give away the game plan or anything, but, uh, I mean, he's had some success, right? I mean, what, what, what do you see in this guy? Are you are you impressed by what he brings to the cage? I'm impressed by yeah, his, his calmness and his timing. You know, I think he he stays very relaxed and he sets up his shots. He's not exactly the fastest lightweight out there, uh, especially coming off a fight uh, when I fought Edson last. You know, it was one of the fastest guys I've ever dealt with in my life. But I'm, I'm impressed by his timing. And uh, with timing and placement comes power, and you see that in, in a lot of his fights. Um, but, you know, obviously I see holes and I see weaknesses, and I, and I think they're in all the areas where I'm really strong, you know. Um, and I, I just I, I'm going to be able to put on a pace for this fight that you guys haven't seen yet. Interesting. What, what uh, I mean, have you, have you done something special, something different that, that, that gives you that feel that you're going to be able to do it this time? Bro, I trained my balls off for this fight. <laughs> I'm the lightest I have ever been. I'm lighter now than I was the night before making weight 
for Etchen. Wow. Okay. So I'm ready for five rounds. My recovery is insane. My resting heart rate yesterday was 33 beats per minute when I woke up in the morning. That's crazy. So we did all the preparation. I brought in Ian Larios, my my nutritionist. He cooked for me. He's with me living in my Airbnb, cooking every meal that I'm eating. He's going to rehydrate me, refuel me. Um, you know, and Duke, you know, just put it on me more than he ever has in, in any of our fights. He just, he was willing to take the beatings on the pads and the sparring, all my sparring partners really, it's just been a great camp. So no matter what happens on Sunday, it's my first main event. I wanted to make sure that I, I, I didn't leave it, you know, in the hands of anybody else. I, I spent the money. I did the things that you need to do to become one of the best in the world. That's awesome. You know, I wondered kind of where your motivation was for fighting. I mean, not that you wouldn't be fired up, but obviously, man, you set yourself up very well for your post-fighting days. I mean, people people love the work that you're doing as a broadcaster, and I think your, your spot is secure there. But you're saying right now, man, everything's gelling. I feel like I'm right where I'm at. So, like, I wondered, was this kind of like a last run for you? But it almost sounds like you, you don't feel like this is the end. Like, you feel like you're right in the middle of it right now. So, where, where I mean, where do you think you, you stand in terms of – you know, fighting because I because I do I do got to imagine it's nice not getting punched in the face and still collecting a check. Yeah, of course it is. You know, and I feel like uh, that that will be there for me. You know, but I've been gone and away from my daughter and my family and put my my friends and family through too much stress over the years for me to just say, oh, I got a cushy job as a commentator. Let me stop when I'm number six in the world and 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 getting things like main events now. It's, yeah, that's that's not what this journey was for. It doesn't feel like that's how it's supposed to end. That's awesome. I mean, are there ever any days in training camp where you wake up and go, why am I still pursuing this ridiculous dream when there's a way easier one on, on the other of side? Of course. I don't take steroids, so I wake up most days and I'm like, why the hell am I doing this sport? <laughs> you know? If you don't take steroids, you wake up most days. If you're training properly, there's days you hate yourself, you know? And then I... I, I Look at a picture of my four and a half year old daughter who's at home right now missing her daddy, and I think, get your ass in gear and get in the gym. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, look, I know you're a big picture guy. I mean, I know you understand the sport. So I, I want to ask, as a light, like you said, a ranked lightweight in a main event. I mean, we're we're thinking about where this fits in the title picture and all that. And I know we got a title fight in April, but uh, is the Conor McGregor factor like a, a, a distraction or a frustration or anything? I mean, knowing, as you said, you can pursue this dream and, and that dude can, can probably just jump in whenever he wants and, you know, take a title fight from you. Oh man, who cares? You know, at this point I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even worried about that. He's calling out Diego Sanchez and, and all this stuff on Twitter. And, um, I, I'm not even thinking about that. You know, uh, I'm focused on, Dan Hooker and and this main event in New Zealand and uh, whatever's on the on the tip of my tongue and whatever however things shake out after me is how they'll, they'll shake out. Um, but they can't deny me a top five guy with a win on Sunday. That's for sure. Yeah, no question. What's uh what's the feeling like for you, man? I know you've gone on the road, but I mean the, the boo. You know the boos are going to come in, and you're right, man. The Kiwis they just love a scrap. They're they're not gonna they're gonna cheer for you if you win afterwards and all that. So you know what's happening. You know yeah. they'll, they'll buy you a beer afterwards. But that moment of walking to the cage when they're going to be booing the hell out of you does does that like energize you? Does it get you down? Do you? I mean, what 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 is that feeling like? I'm gonna have my dad's ashes around my neck. And my family and my mind and my walkout songs are going to represent all that. They're going to represent where I'm from and what I represent 
on Sunday night. And I think the Kiwis won't like it at first, but they'll respect it afterwards. Because listen, they're a pro- you know they're a proud bunch over here. They represent New Zealand. They're, they're behind their guy. I'm coming in with that same energy coming from the USA, baby. So we're representing on Sunday, and you'll see it. I dig it, man. All right, when you play this thing out, what what is it? Are, is this a uh, is this a performance of the night? Get it done quick and impressive, or is this a fight of the night? You know, back and forth scrap, and and you get your hand raised that way. I'm hoping it's both for me. I'm hoping it's a back and forth scrap, and then a bonus at the end of it on top of it. But who knows? You know, it could be anything, John. We, this sport's fucking crazy, man. So I, I just all I can predict and all I can do is being in the best shape I've been in and checking all the boxes off. And they're all checked except for making 156 on the, on Friday night. Can't say any better than that, brother. I appreciate it, man. Best of luck. I'm sorry I'm not there, but we will definitely be watching, man. Thank you, brother. Always good talking to you, man. I'll see you on the road. Sounds good, brother. Right, so there you have it, the other half of your main event down in UFC Auckland. Um, man, you know, funny Felder, kind of the opposite. It's like, hey, listen, this is this fight is not personal to me. I'm sorry that he's all upset. I didn't mean anything by it. Uh, but, you know, hey, if, he's, if it pisses him off and it, it seems like a rivalry, that's just better for the fans anyway. <laughs> uh, and, and so uh, I dig it. And, uh, man, you know, the other thing I really took out of that, Kokavi, is that I thought, to be honest, that Paul Felder, um, I don't want to say I worried about him a little bit, but man, he's doing really good in his broadcasting career. Like a lot yeah. of people are really, I, I think he's well received. You know what I mean? I think he gets a lot of praise for his work. And I know that that's not, you know, the week to week check that they get, you know, from doing those events isn't as big as they can collect uh, on a fight purse. Right. But man, I mean, if you can make enough to get by and and not have to uh, get punched in the face, you know, I I I, I don't know. I just worry that maybe was Felder's. Um, focus where it needed to be or was his determination and desire as high as it would be if he didn't have a backup plan in place you know once you have that parachute in place you know are you as concerned but dude he sounds he sounds dialed in and, and ready to go yeah and and this is a guy that's five months removed from defeating Edson Barboza so I mean who is just as dangerous as and scary as it gets and and that was just you know seven months prior to him beating James Vicks. This is a guy that's still fighting at such a high level, and it's it's not like a guy that can go like that. And even though great on him being able to to work and get this other stuff, he's still fighting at such a high level that, you know, I'm sure he wants to get that, make sure that that's out of his system before he fully goes over. Because you're right, I love his breakdowns. I, I like mm-hmm. hearing him on, when, on, on the shows that he calls and stuff. So... Um, you know, and we've always said, you know, last thing we want to try to do is retire fighters and, and say, oh, it's time for them to hang it up. He's still got some good fights left into him. Um, he seems like he's the kind of guy that's too smart to, to let himself psych himself out of a fight, like like to go into a fight unprepared. Um, and he probably enjoys some of this, this playful banter, you know, because, you know, I think having him watch and see these fights and break down, I think he understands a lot more the mental side of things that go into these fights. So he's there's probably a part of him that just thoroughly enjoys the fact that his opponent is just so caught up into it and that while he can stay sort of distanced, that it's still kind of fun. I mean, because this is the guy, too, that's been fighting since 2009. So, if you know, 10, 11 years later, you still can find these fun little moments in right. a, into a fight week. 
good on him because eventually at some point, yeah, he's probably going to realize that, yeah, maybe I'll keep this face pretty, you know, I mean, for, for calling these things. As, you know. As pretty as he, pretty as he, he is. Can be. <laughs> Are you saying he's not a good-looking no. individual? Uh, just, should, should I call up the Irish Dragon and say, hey, you know, Morgan thinks that you, you know. No, please don't because he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll kick me or something. He's not afraid. <laughs> yeah. He's not afraid. That should be a gr- It should be a really, really fun fight. And I like seeing these fight because both of these guys, as much as they're amped up and that they want to fight and throw down, I agree with you that as soon as it's done – um, I don't think anything's been said that these guys can't have the respect afterwards and shake hands and be able to kind of yeah. and move forward. Because as much as Dan says, like, you know, he said this about his name, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he's really out there saying, like, oh, man, you're 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 a family. Well, like I said, I mean, let's be honest. Like, yeah. Dan has, have to, has to have heard a hooker joke. Had to have There's heard that. no way he hasn't heard a hooker joke in his life. You know what I mean? And I'm, I would not, be, and I'm not yeah. trying to minimize what he said because I get it. You know, yeah. and I don't know the lineage of his name. And it is right. Like you're saying, I mean, I'm telling you, when he said that as a, as a fellow father, when he said that, like, you're yeah. insulting the name that I will pass down to my son. You know, I was like, ooh. That's you know what I mean, yeah. like yeah. That, I, it's I, just I, interesting because I've never really felt like he's needed something like that to get him amped up for a fight before. So it's interesting that that seems to be a focal point in his mind going in this fight. Like that his opponent has he's he's crossed the line in it because I've never seen Dan need that before. Right. I see. I wonder, and it, it, it and that was kind of my whole thing going in is that I thought it was more playful banter because. I thought, not that he's trying to be Israel Adesanya. You can't yeah. be Israel Adesanya. Yeah. It's like trying to be Conor McGregor. I mean, there's certain guys that just had that it factor, right. right? They have it. But, you know, Dan does see, you know, he has grown, and he does understand the business. And, he, yeah. I mean, he does. Like, So it did make me think, you know, is he trying to, you know, hey, I'm main event. This is my hometown. I got to yeah. try to, you know. And if he did, good on him. Good there's on nothing him. wrong with it. Nothing I, wrong with that let's at all. Ju- let's just hope it doesn't impact how he how right. he you know affects uh in the cage how he approaches the fight because right. this should be a great fight and it's the kind of fight that I think absolutely like, I can totally see this one going five rounds both dudes are bloody yeah. you know it's 48 47 one way or yeah, the Paul other gets bloodied and up. they're and, Paul yeah it's bloody up. yeah and and <laughs> and they're you know and they're hugging it out at the end for like dude yeah. that was that was crazy. Like, bro, thank you. You know what I, I mean? I hope so. I, I hope so too, man. I think That'd it's be a lot of fun. I think it's gonna be fun. So, uh, all right. Um, listen, uh, a couple other things going on. Uh, I did hear a little bit, by the way. It's not. It's, it's don't report this as news. That's definitely not set in stone or anything like that. Um, but we've been looking at the light heavyweight division. It's been been pretty interesting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of say, man, you got three guys that kind of have a a case for a title shot right now. You know, Tiago yeah. Mejeta Santos. Um, you know, a lot of people thought he beat John Jones, and a lot of people thought he deserved a rematch. Of course, he had the knee surgeries. Yeah. Uh, he had to stay away for a while. Jan Blahovic made a huge statement last week. I mean, yeah. we said he had to go in there uh, and, and make a massive statement against Corey he Anderson. He did. He did. <laughs> and again, uh, as again, I talked about it on the and a half episode, but not only did he get the result, but then he went and, you know, he, he did everything right after the fact, too, you know, going yeah. over and pointing at John Jones and, hey, are we going to do this or what? And, and Jones, that was so good. He was how eating it he, up, dude. How he, oh, that was just perfect. He was eating it, it up. It couldn't have been any better how he accepted that. But I will say, I, I've heard behind the scenes that the uh, right now the way the, the, the tide is flowing is uh, Dominic Reyes still has the inside track. I think that's the way the USC is leaning right now. So um, I think Jan probably knew that, that to a degree. You know, Jan said, hey, I'll, I'll wait if I have to. Um, I, I kind of like the idea of Jan and Tiago doing it again. Um 
I, I don't. I, I've heard Tiago uh, may be clear by summertime, but not sure yet. I would feel bad for Jan to to feel like he has to you know fight again. But I mean, I I don't know. It, it seems like that might be. Um, I don't necessarily know an interesting rematch, but if you think about it, I mean. Jan made a massive statement, and he's certainly in line to fight for the title right now. He's on this great run, but he is 7-1 and one in his last eight, and that one loss was to Mejeta. So yeah. it w- I think it would be kind of interesting for those two guys to go, hey, we both think we deserve it. The only thing is Jan would be the fresh matchup, so I, I would think that maybe he you know, deserves a little more or wouldn't have to fight. And, and I-, I don't know. It's just it's an interesting little trio right now, but um, what I heard is that the, the inside track – is is with Dominic Reyes right now. Tiago's not quite cleared yet anyway. Yeah. He may be cleared by the summer. But I'll be honest, I like the idea of Tiago Santos and Jan Blahovic, you know, running it back to determine who gets that 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 next spot. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, especially after the injury, you, you almost kind of want to see where his body's at before you immediately throw him back in the champ. And plus, that's definitely true. You know, he took a he took a loss from the champ, and I think a lot of people always want to see some sort of a victory after that to to make sure that they warrant it. My only fear is that, you know, he has to take another fight and then we see an injury and then, you know, Tiago takes another injury or I something. And then we, we start after having that talk of, you know, whether it's time to really maybe back away from the sport if your body starts breaking down again. But I think that would be a fun fight to watch. Um, I'm certainly not upset about uh, Reyes getting back in there. I'm sure Jones uh, – probably doesn't want to see him right right off the bat. I think he probably wanted to see somebody new. I thought about that too. Like I I mean, maybe it wasn't like a, a big conscious effort, but I thought part of him getting all hype about Blahovich was like, you know, he was kind of happy about it. <laughs> I mean, that's I'll the thing take is, that guy. The way that Corey was moving around, Corey was having a nice pace the way he was moving um until he sort of just got a little too close and, and you know, kind of had I that know. hand down. He he was looking good, um, and I, I just feel like Jones in his mind probably was wanting Jan because I think he feels that he's more of uh, not a – I hate saying like a one-trick pony, but I, he knows where the danger is coming. Stay away from um, the legendary Polish power, and yeah, you're probably going to be okay. Just stay, and you'll be okay. You know? So I think in his mind he's probably like, yeah, the better of the two. I think so um, too. Because he, he didn't probably want to deal with the wrestling, which we never really saw. Not that John is afraid of anybody, but yeah. strategically, pick, I think I think you're right. I think first of all, I think he likes fresh matchups. I think he likes new you know new things to, to yeah. do. And I agree. I think he's like, look, that guy doesn't have the pace, doesn't have the movement, doesn't have the Dominic Reyes does. I think he'd rather fight Jan Blahovic. I think that's I think part so. of the reason he was like, bring it on, oh, let's do this. You know, because I, mean? I wonder if Corey would say if Corey would have got the same one if he would have if he would have been as enthusiastic. I mean, we'll never know because we didn't have to see it, but maybe he would have. I mean, he was in his his home. You know, maybe that part of that was just showing up for the crowd because the crowd was loving on him and he was loving every bit of it. You know, yeah. he even kind of said that he was doing like little mini autograph sessions in between fights and stuff. So. Maybe regardless of who would have won, he might have he might have given the same. The yeah, he might have just it's played a good up point to the too. crowd. You never know. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see whatever. I mean, I'm excited to see uh, Reyes if it if that is the one. What lessons he learned from that, and if he's going to come at it and approach it, and be interesting to see what Jones does as well, because I still feel that Jones maybe uh, wasn't given Reyes the credit that he deserved, and I don't think that's going to happen the second time around. I'll tell you what's funny, man, is uh, I went back and watched Jones Gustafson 1 the other day um, just to kind of 
go back and remember it, you know. Yep. There are so many similarities between that fight and, and the Dominic Reyes fight, you know, really? a, a, a fight where, you know, the challenger obviously got out to the clear advantage, you know, obviously won round one. And, yep. you know, John got a little bit more damage in that one. He had a cut over the eye early, yep. um, and, and he got tagged a lot more. There was – you know, we didn't in, in that one. We had the spectacular moment where Jones had that you know legendary spinning elbow that's in yeah. all the all the highlights now, where that changed the entire course of the fight. Um, but it's interesting, you know, it was like the challenger who didn't give him respect and went straight at him, won the opening round. You know, John had to make adjustments. Maybe didn't have his best stuff that night, but clearly won the latter rounds. Yeah. It was it was just weird. And I'll tell you what, man, you know, when they rematched. It was a totally different Totally Jones. different fight. Totally John handled it. Fight. So uh, I'm intrigued by that. I, I, I've said all along, listen, I, I've said all along, I wanted to see the rematch. So to hear that that seems to be the way the wind is blowing at the UFC office, um, I'm pretty excited about that. Who would you pick in that one? Originally or in the rematch? No, in the rematch. Who would you pick I'd in pick the John. rematch? I'd pick John. So you, would I. You can't pick against John. Because I, I think he's better. he's better in – his rematches. I agree. Because I think he's, he's better in his rematches. So much. He's so much. He because as much as everybody will focus on, oh, well, the guy seen Jones stuff. He knows what to bring. He knows what to bring. So did uh, uh, Gustafson, and yeah. we saw what happened. It was it was like they had never fought before, and that John just it's came crazy, and was man. like a bulldozer. And I just have a feeling that that could happen and, again. And man, when you think about the team around John. Like yeah. how smart and analytical they are, yeah. and now they have 25 minutes of tape—not just tape to watch of Reyes, but tape to watch of Reyes and John together. And how J- uh, how John, you know what I'm saying? We're, exactly. Stuff. So where he they can say, "Look, he made fix this," and then here's how we're going to go about it this time. I, yeah. I'd take John Reyes, but I want to see it. I want to see it, man. It would be fun. All right, listen. We mentioned the biggest MMA fight of the weekend, but it's not the biggest combat sports fight of the weekend. That would be. <laughs> Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 2 right here oh, in no. you Las guys gonna Vegas, talk boxing? Nevada. Are you guys going to talk boxing? Hey, man, listen, we, you know, we don't talk a lot of boxing, but I will be honest. This fight has me captivated, man. This um, is a fun fight. It's, it's, the, it's the heavyweight champion of the world, which obviously heavyweight title fights. I mean, that always captures people's imagination. But uh, it's not that for me because, like I've said before, you know, I love the lighter weights in MMA, you know, flyweights, bantamweights, featherweights. I love that. You know, sometimes – not, not even sometimes, usually more than heavyweights because it's more dynamic. It's, you know, uh, I, I think that they can do a lot more things. They, they definitely don't have cardio issues and stuff like that. So it's not that just like, oh, these two guys are big, so I'm excited. No, I mean, Deontay Wilder is one of the hardest punchers you've ever seen yeah. in your life, and it is not exactly technical. Uh, it is just dude is throwing bombs, yeah. and if he lands one, you're done. Meanwhile, you got Tyson Fury who – is a, is a great boxer, a much better pure boxer. I mean, light years ahead in terms of pure boxing. Moves incredibly well for as big as he is. Six foot nine. Amazing. And the guy moves well. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 incredible to watch. Um, and it is pretty spectacular when you see good boxers and their movement. Like the, the, oh, the it's fact on a different two, level. Two guys, and when Tyson is on his movement, it is so fun to watch. It's incredible. Because it doesn't look – Natural to see somebody that big to be that fluent or that fluid yep. when they're moving, and it it really is. It's pretty and fucking he, cool to see. And he is an absolute character. I mean, the oh guy says anything. You know, the, one of the, the the the. I mean, the guy is just entertaining as all. I mean, we yeah. we got to deal with him a little bit in person when he signed up for the WWE thing. Um, yeah. And and he did a press conference at T-Mobile, and we got to deal with him just for a few minutes. But I mean, the guy is just charismatic as yeah. all get I just out. Want to kind of keep talking to him? Yes, and he's so fun. And 
It's just, I mean, he says just, I mean, he'll contradict himself from one statement to the next. You know, it's not like it makes sense. It's just funny. And, you know, somebody was somebody was asking him, uh, you know, one of the one of the famous quotes that's going around for this camp is, you know, talking about his preparation, his cardio and everything. He's like, I've been, you know, I've been wanking seven times a day or whatever. I mean, just stuff like that where it's just completely inappropriate. Um, but but he's a character. So, I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's two characters. And the walkouts to the fights are so fun. Oh. He, some of the stuff he does is just incredible. I'm, I am looking forward to that. I mean, it is going to be um, – that's the thing about boxing. Like, there is a, actually even another title fight on that particular card, but this is the fight. There's something about heavyweights going at and especially talented heavyweights, charismatic heavyweights. And then – heavyweights that have history yeah that first fight is unbelievable pretty pretty incredible and 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 it's so funny because the first fight if you haven't seen it it ended in a draw tyson fury absolutely outboxes the hell out of deontay wilder right i mean just you know banking rounds and then wilder catches him with this massive punch and and if you didn't know what you're watching i'm sure you've probably seen the gif by now where uh you know fury is flat on his back and then he just sits up, and and again, not a big pro wrestling guy, am I? But uh, I thought it was amazing. Like people would set it to the music of the Undertaker or whatever, where like <laughs> Fury just sits up, like like, well, oh my God, what's happening? I mean, Wilder hits him and goes around and starts celebrating, and so, like literally is like, you know, hey, I did it, you know, kissing his gloves and whatever. And Fury, so I mean, it, and the fight ends in a draw, so it's it's a great fight. It is definitely the biggest combat sports matchup of the weekend. Uh, and again, we we spent the majority of our time talking about MMA as we always will. But it's right here in Las Vegas, and I happen to be off work on Wednesday, so I went to the press conference. Uh, the guys did end up uh, shoving each other during a stare down before the press conference. So awesome, which is awesome, but is weird because they're standing up there, and there's no security. Yeah, there's no promoter. There's no nobody. Right, and it's fine. Like if if if. You know, you just let them walk up, and they have like ten seconds, and then you go, okay, like whoops, you know, we we should have had somebody here, and you pull them away, fine. They let them literally just jab at each other for a couple of minutes. I mean, just jawing back yeah. and forth. And what sucks is there's no microphone up there, so you can't hear what they're saying. But they're just jawing at each other, jawing at each other, jawing at each other. Um, and then they ended up shoving each other, and you're like, dude, where were you guys? Like, why did some? Why is there no security yeah. there? Like, even if it's just, even if it's just for the show. Like, yeah. it seems like there's more danger when there's people that have to, like, hold him back or whatever. Yeah. But the Nevada State Athletic Commission, because of this, first of all, they were going to face off again at the end of the press conference. Yeah. The promoters said, no, no, no let's not you. do that. And now the Nevada State Athletic Commission has said, you're not going to face off at the weigh-ins either because you oh, guys shoved wow. each other. So It's it's weird because they shoved each other, but it still felt like they were still professional enough that they were like, okay, you shoved me, I'm going to shove you. But we're not going to go at it. I, agree. They, I mean, look, they knew. That, I mean, they, they know knew. there's millions. Why, like they were selling it. Yeah. I Why mean, fight like, on Wednesday for free when you can fight on Saturday yes, for money and make all that money? You know, so it it was weird because I remember watching it, but I remember thinking like, it's not going to go any further than this. It's not going to be any further. But I loved the fact that he was like, okay, you got me good. Now I'm gonna come give you one. But see, I think it's and again, not then to when talk people came because when people did come up, they backed away. Exactly. No problem. And that's no why problem. I think. That's why I think. I mean, it's just silly that you had him there with nobody around. Like, yeah. again, even just like the, and because dude, how many times have we seen it in MMA, right? Like somebody pushes somebody, and then they basically look. You know, you can. They're almost waiting for somebody to grab them and hold them back because they know yeah. somebody's going to hold them back. They don't really want to fight. They just want to put on a show. Yeah. But when there's nobody else to hold you back, 
You, 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 and especially for how long they left him at it. They left that's, him that's, for a long that's time. That's the part. I mean, where it gets to the point where, because I remember listening to it, and then you you start to hear a little bit more and more what they're saying. Because yeah, they, they were started to louder, bring the mic. Well, and they louder, started to bring the mic. And up. I was gonna say, I thought somebody must have brought yeah. a mic because you could actually start to hear like more legible stuff. But one, they should never just let him go long. up there for that long. Too long. Um, but they also. Uh, I think they realized that they were they were smart enough that they could they could get their little bits of showmanship in there. Like I'm gonna push you, you could push me, okay. And then they just backed away, and then they just jawed and just jawed. And, but they knew that the crowd was gonna eat it up, and it was it was fun. I had a hell of a time watching. That. I oh, thought it was it's, awesome. It's gonna be a big one. I mean, listen, yeah. Uh, you know, I get it, man. Uh, Pay per views aren't cheap, and if you're an MMA fan and you're already uh, you're cash strapped already from the UFC budget. I get it, but if you can find a a bar that's showing it or a buddy that wants to go in with you, uh, man, I think this is what gonna be is it? Uh, Saturday night. It is Saturday night, so you'd have to squeeze it around UFC Auckland. But UFC Auckland's on streaming, you know, pause, whatever. But yeah, you got out. Just say it's a big fight. Uh, all right, listen. While I was there, though, uh, I made sure to go talk to uh, my man Kevin Ioli. Uh, good friend, uh, lives here in Vegas, of course, Yahoo Sports, um, you know, known for his MMA work, but I think even more so, and I don't mean to uh, take away from his MMA work, because he's been, he was one of the first people to cover the UFC for a major newspaper, working for the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, here in town, so he's he's been influential in MMA coverage as well, but I mean, he's actually a Hall of Fame boxing writer that's been covering the sport. He's a legend. 40, when, when I mean, he, 40 he come, years covering the sport. Yeah, when he comes into, like when I've covered boxing and I'll watch Kevin come in, it's amazing seeing the respect that uh, a lot of the other journalists and then the promoters do, you know, because I just, you just know him as Kevin, you know. It's like Kevin we've uh, we've always seen around MMA and uh, it's just fun. I love I love seeing the respect that he gets when he comes into it. He's a, the man When there. he comes into an event, yeah. So I definitely wanted to uh, pick his brain real quick and just get him uh, to, to give his thoughts. So uh, this was uh, in the moments before the press conference started uh, on the floor of the MGM Grand Garden Arena, which, by the way, was just kind of cool being back there, like kind of nostalgic. I mean, the UFC yeah, held so forever. many events, man. Like Studio A and B was where the press yeah. room was, you know, so it was kind of cool. Uh, but this was uh, my conversation about this fight with Kevin Ioli. Oh, uh, Kev, I mean, uh, obviously you're the boxing expert. You crossed over the MMA world, but I had to get your advice on this. I mean, uh, this fight. How, how, how big is this in the landscape? Because, I mean, from the outside looking in, it feels like it's it's a big one. I think it's the biggest heavyweight fight since Tyson Holyfield 2. Some people would say Lewis uh, Tyson in 2002. But I, I think, you know, Tyson was over the hill by that point, And it wasn't as competitive a fight as, as we would have thought. I think Holyfield Tyson, you know, both of them, they were number one and two in the division. And, and because of the first fight, the huge upset, Holyfield was a 25-1 to underdog. Tyson, uh, you know, ends up losing that fight. The, the rematch in the second fight was so intense people were so into it i think this is the biggest heavyweight fight since then that's crazy it's being shown on two different pay-per-view networks right i mean how does that happen i mean we'd never see that in mixed martial arts right it never come together and you never see it in boxing i mean <laughs> it's only happened uh, as far as i know two other times you know with uh, mayweather and pacquiao and with tyson and lewis and other than that it's, it's never happened uh, but I think it's been great because, you know, like I did a story, they had over 130 million views just on the Super Bowl alone because Fox had the Super Bowl. They had, ESPN had the national championship game. They had uh, Fury on the national championship game. They've had two live press conferences on Fox. Now this one is on all the all the networks. I mean, so the, the, the coverage they've gotten has been unprecedented, you know, the exposure they got for the fight. And I think this is probably going to be a sign of things to come in boxing. Interesting. So, I mean, basically when you break down style, people haven't watched these guys fight. It's Deontay Wilder with the crazy knockout power, right, versus Tyson Fury, the pure right. boxer, right? And that's what we saw the first time around. I mean, 
What changes the second time? I mean, is it still just can the guy outbox him versus can he land the big shot? I think there's a couple things that can change. You know, Fury, number one, is saying, and I, I don't think he's bullshitting. He's saying he's going to go forward and try to knock out Wilder because think about it. If Wilder is coming at you, maybe the hardest puncher ever, and he's coming at you trying to throw, if you back him up, you maybe take some of that power away. Can he punch the same way if he's going backwards as he can coming forward? And Fury feels like he hit him, and if you watch that first fight, he hit him a couple times, especially early, and, you know, Wilder kind of stood up straight, and, you know, Fury didn't follow up on it. If he can now follow up on it, so I, I think that's something to look forward to. And I think in Wilder's case, you know, I think he wants to be more aggressive than he was last time. You know, he, he was so, he, he, he didn't fight within his game plan either. You know, he wanted to get that knockout, so he was just throwing one shot at a time. I think now you'll see him mix up shots and, and throw more combinations. Is there a mental edge at all coming out of that fight? I mean, because you got one guy that basically dominated the fight, right? But, but another guy that said, I essentially knocked you out. So, I mean, does one guy have a mental edge over the other? I, I have to think if there is an advantage, it has to be to Fury because he took Wilder's best shots twice and he got up. And especially that, that last one, you know, he gets hit with a, a jab, a right hand, and then a crushing left hook. And he's done. And, and, and even Mauro Ronaldo on the broadcast said, it's over. Deontay Wilder has done it. And, of course, he hadn't done it. There was still... Uh, Still some fight to go, and he came back and won the rest of the round. So uh, I think if there is a mental edge, that it would have to go to uh, to Tyson Fury. I guess the stakes, other than the fact that it's a big fight. I mean, is, is Anthony Joshua? Is that what's on the line here? Well, Anthony Joshua has a fight with Cooper Pulev. I just did a story, and I said that that's what has to happen. Uh, hey, Bob. <laughs> that's what that's what has to happen next. Um, and Eddie Hearn agrees with that. So you know, he has a fight with Pulev in uh, late April. The winner of this will probably fight Joshua in the fall. I think that would be the next, and that would determine who actually is the number one heavyweight in the world. Nice. Anybody else we should be watching on this card? I mean, we know how boxing builds cards, right? It's all about the main event, but is there anybody that maybe fans are tuning in for the first time might want to learn about? Yeah, uh, I, I think Navarrete on the undercard is a, is a really good fighter, a Filipino. Uh, he, he's won a lot of big fights. He's a big puncher. He throws in volume. Um, so he should be a guy I would keep an eye out for, Emmanuel Navarrete. Nice. Last thing I ask you, I mean, it's kind of a loaded question, but, you know, you mentioned this a sign of things that come in boxing, whatever. Where do you see the, the, the health of it? I mean, I know that's difficult to say. That's a, a multi-factor question, but, you know, when, when people look at the future of, of MMA boxing, we always debate it. Where is the health of boxing right now? I think boxing's in really good shape. You know, I think there's more good boxers now than there have been in a long time. You're getting better athletes coming in. There's more exposure. I mean, you have streaming services. You have, you know, television networks. You have, you know, all sorts of different things. Premium cable networks are still involved. So I think it's in a really good place. And as long as you can see the promoters cooperate like they're doing in this one, it's going to be even better shape. You know, I think if uh, Dana White gets involved in it, he, you know, Dana White, to my, in my mind, is the best promoter in the world. And if you get him and you have him promote, say, Pacquiao Mayweather 2, which is the rumor that's out there, if Dana White promotes that fight, I think, you know, that it's going to be crazy big. And so I think boxing's in a really good spot. A lot of people are looking forward to getting into it. There's a lot, you know, there's great heavyweights now, not just these two guys, but the division, a lot of really good, legitimate heavyweights. I think that really makes for a good time for boxing. I said it was the last one. I'm going to ask you one more since you mentioned Dana White. Do you think he'll be accepted here? Is it going to be an outsider? I mean, is Zufa Boxing going to be able to, to make an impact? I think the business people will accept it easily because they see how smart he is and they see what he's done. And he brings those people over and they see the PI and they see what he's built and they go, hey, this is really incredible and, you know, this is a vision that, you know, we would like to have in, uh, for boxing. I think the fans, you know, where you have that battle, they're, so the, uh, they're on the MMA side or they're on the boxing side, that might be more difficult. But, you know, you and I both know Dana is a hard 
hardcore boxing fan. I knew Dana long before he was in MMA. He was a boxing guy, and I used to talk to him about boxing all the time. So he loves it. He just feels like it's not done properly. And I think once the boxing fans understand that he's not in here just to rape and pillage, but he really wants to put on good fights, just like he does in, in MMA, I think they'll come to his side. All right, that was my uh, brief conversation with Kevin Ioli about this. Hopefully, uh, you know, a, a, a much better uh, insight on this fight than, than I can give you. Uh, apologies if the audio wasn't quite up to our MMA Roadshow standards. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I know some people might not care that much, but it bugged me. I was using a piece of equipment that I don't normally use, and I had the settings wrong on it, and it was my fault. And so the audio was just a little bit off right there, which bugs the shit out of me because I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> but uh, anyway. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too I, bad. I appreciate that. Kevin, obviously, with the insight there, uh, again, I think he's you know talking about how big this fight is, man. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a big one. Uh, I will say, by the way. And he's seen some big fights. So if oh Kevin's saying it's a big fight, it's a big fight. It's a big fight, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say this. It was funny. Uh, first of all, getting in. I, so I just got credentialed for the day. I didn't try to go for the fight. I mean, I've got to work this weekend. But I, I did ask, uh, and I will say thank you. Uh, to the folks uh, there that that uh, that did credential me for the day, because obviously I am an MMA uh, reporter, and and I told them I was like, look, I'm not saying I'm going to produce a lot of content, but I want to go get a feel for it, man. And man, it is crazy. Big boxing matches, the number of credentialed media, it is yeah. insane. But it was really funny because when I when I was going to get in, like uh, they gave me like a day badge, and so I was wearing this day badge. And when I went to go like walk into the venue, security was like, nah, bro, you can't go in with that. And I was like, ah. Uh. And, 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 and it's nobody, it's not like, like normally, like there would be people around, they'd be like, ah, he's good, don't worry, he's good, yeah. he's good. Boxing, it was just like, mm, sorry, bro. Like, so I had to go get, uh, I had to go, uh, like, go get another credential. And fortunately, it was Kevin Ioli who was like, dude, just go over there, they'll hook you up. And he, he took care of me. Uh, and Oscar Willis was there from the Mac Life. Thank God, because I was standing in line. Um, and this, we were all rushing in to go set up our tripods. And, and I ended up filming, like, the face offs and stuff. Uh, and Oscar Willis, uh, fortunately, took. Uh, my tripod and set it up for me while I went and got the other credentials. Oh, so I had good. space. So shout out to Oscar Willis, our good friend at the Mac Life. He looked out for me. Kevin Ioli looked out for me. But it was funny because I had trouble getting in. And in uh, the way that Kevin Ioli is respected in the boxing world, I'm not quite on his level in the MMA yeah. world, but I got some juice. And normally <laughs> there's somebody that's like, oh, don't worry, he's good right this way. And there was nobody to do that yeah. for me. It was funny. And then the other thing that was crazy, um, so like Tyson Fury before the press conference, he actually did a scrum uh, with the media before the press conference. But it was, like, just a nightmare. I mean, it was like – It's a madness. Oh, my God. Like, he just walks out on stage and everybody runs up. There's no, like we do, where there's a a mic stand and everybody grabs their positions. It's literally just people, a swarm of people pushing and shoving each other. Absolute mayhem. Chaos, dude. I absolutely yeah. hate covering boxing for that reason. <laughs> I cover boxing from TV. That's enough for me. Yeah. I didn't run to the scrum. For, like, I was set up in the back because I was going to film the press conference. I filmed the press conference. I was going to share a little bit of that audio, but, I mean, they were literally just kind of going back and forth. And it, was yeah. just, it, it wasn't bad, but it was just literally just yelling back and forth. Yeah. You a know? lot of the media, they'll literally will skip that whole setting up and do the other one because they know particularly that like some of these scrums happen. Yeah. So they'll stand off to the side with their little gear and they just run it's up there and get it. And they just skip the other one because they know like half of what they're going to get in the other one is just as good, if not better. But it is an absolute chaos of just like 
there is no personal space at that point. Uh-uh. It is literally a swarm of bees to honey. I don't, um, I don't think I can handle it, bro. It is I so frustrating. I, I love my job as an MMA It's funny because you were like, you want to come, you want to cover this? I was like, no, I can't deal with nah, that okay. shit. <laughs> I can't deal I know, with it was funny. I, I, I was trying to get cold coffee out of the house because uh, he's been cooped up in here recovering from surgery. So I was like, you should come out and do it. And then it, as, soon as, it, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, that was really dumb of me yeah. to ask if you want to do that. Like, there's no way you want to go get jumped in this chaos. No, no, no. no. I was crazy. But no, it was, it was good to see those guys. Uh, saw Danny Brenner, by the way. Danny Brenner, of course, who handles oh, yeah. uh, PR with uh, Bellator as well. He yeah. still still moonlights a little bit in, yeah. in, with boxing. It's good to see him. John Stouffer, who was always a big help to us over at Fox. Yeah. Um, you know, he used to be in the MMA game. Now that uh, MMA is no or UFC is no longer on Fox. Yeah, they got uh, the he's premier, in the boxing game. Boxing so whatever, yeah, it was cool to see him. He was actually the one that helped me get credentialed and all that. So uh, yeah, it was fun, man, to dip my toes into the boxing game for a day was fun. Uh, I will not be making You'll any never extended want to do it stays. Yeah, and I will not be making extended stays. <laughs> but for this kind of a fight, it is it is worth it to kind of do it. I think the last time I did one was a, a, like a Canelo Alvarez fight. Right. And before before that was like a Pacquiao fight, you know. It is madness. And it's funny because after you do, you cover that, you're always like, I just want to get back to the, the sane world of MMA where everybody takes care of everybody and everybody's polite, you know. But there's there are those boxing uh fights every once in a while we're just like oh yeah let's jump back into the fray too funny man we'll yeah. see we got we, you know we got boxing junkie we'll uh maybe we can help them out with some stuff every once in a while every once in a while it'll be worth it because you know we are in the fight capital of the world regardless of what others might say there are always going to be some pretty killer fights here in vegas that's it man all right listen uh I will say, uh, once again, if you can support us on Patreon.com slash the MMA Road, so that would be awesome. If you're already subscribed or you do sign up, uh, feel free to give us some ideas, too. If there's some other stuff you want to hear, maybe we can do it. Uh, our good buddy Joe from H-Town, he's, uh, he's jumping back into the mix. He, he used to be a supporter, and he's going to do it again now that we got the and a half episodes on there. And he actually gave me a couple ideas for some content that he would like to see. So if there's other stuff you'd like to see or other stuff you'd like to hear, uh, don't be afraid to, uh, to let us know. If you're supporting the show, man, we'll be happy to give it back. Back, so. That's right. If you want to see some more scar pictures, uh, you want some more medical pictures. <laughs> Other parts of Cold Coffee's body, we'll post them, man. For enough money, I will paying, post it. We'll post them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we would appreciate that. If you're a long-time listener of the show uh, and you can't support us, man, that would mean a lot. Uh, in the meantime, let me just say thanks for listening.